Welcome to the Kingdom of Honor. This is your host, uh, Zanman, here. I'm trying to get Jeff connected. We've had all kinds of problems this morning, but hopefully this will be the last time we're trying this stuff today. And I'm going to add him right now. We're going to talk today about, Ring, about uh, NJPW's biggest show of the year, Russell Kingdom, that took place on Thursday, or actually Friday early morning for us, Friday afternoon in Japan. And, you know, we do have other, there's other things that happen this week, like All Elite Wrestling and, and uh, things um, on Monday, on a Monday show. This is a special edition just to focus on New Japan Pro Wrestling and Wrestle Kingdom. And we're going to start at the top of the show and work our way uh, work our way down, and you know, anything we don't get a chance to talk about today, we talk about on Monday. But we're going to start at the top of the page. Are you with us? I am, yeah. Well, hopefully we hopefully we stay connected this time. Yeah, hopefully it hung up on me twice. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just a, it's not just a Zan thing or a Shane thing. It's a Skype thing. I think Skype and Blocked Out don't like each other or something. So anyway, so. Um, it was a great show. Um, I don't know that it was the greatest wrestling show of all time, but I guess, like I've seen some people call it, but uh, you know, that that's, we kind of live in that, in that uh, era of, hyper, of hyperbole. Um, well, but, I, for me personally, every match on the, sh- on the main card was a four star or higher. I didn't think there was anything that was sluggish at all. Everything kind of hit the mark. Um, the only one I thought was below a four star was the pre-show. All right, that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, but I, I guess if you talk, if you're looking at just the matches and just match quality, maybe it is up there as, as the you know as one of the best shows of all time. But there also wasn't like really surprises or um, I guess I guess other parts of it, such as All In had that you know would, that would lead it to being in that top echelon for me. Well, there wasn't the like All In had four show stealing matches. Three of them were uh, match of the year contenders. This one only had really two that I would say were show stealing. And as it turned out, there was only one that would have been considered match of the year. So it is as far as comparing it to all in as best show ever, it's not, it's not even close, but that doesn't mean that the quality of the matches wasn't four star or higher. No. And I'm not saying there were, I'm just saying that, that I'm not at that, greatest wrestling show of all time level with it you know that that's all i'm i mean i, I think i probably i think probably if i were going to do that with the wrestle kingdom it's probably going to be um was it 2015 the one that had you know like we talked about on last week on this on our past show where it was like aj versus knock naka and um yeah that was 10 wrestle kingdom yeah. 10 so yeah wrestle kingdom 10 yeah so shibata and ishii and tanahashi okada were the top three matches yeah and that that opened up with that um, four corner junior tag champ or tag match with the Bucks and Red Dragon and Rapungi 3K and yeah, and Omega versus Kushida was really good on that show too. So. Yeah, that's right. That was on there too. So yeah, that had that had a lot. That that would have probably been my favorite Wrestle Kingdom. This was good. I mean, mm-hmm. I just. I just don't think, I mean, and I'm sure we'll get to it here, but Osprey Abushi was what we expected it to be. I liked it a lot better than you did because I think I got the Osprey I've been waiting for as a heavyweight. 
Um, ZSJ and Ishii was amazing. It just, and then of course, Jay White Okada stole the show. So, yeah. So, so let's take it from the top. And then like, and then like I was saying, if anything we don't get to today, because uh, we, we do know how we, how we like to ramble, especially my partner. Um, <laughs> I do not. And, and uh, so, we, so, you know, and, and of course, we're, we lost basically a half hour of the show because of technical difficulties. So, um, so let's, uh, let's just start right at the top with Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. Um, I'm not sure how much of this actually came on the air when I was starting to say it earlier, but um, what, I, what I really liked about this match, and, and I'm not sure it's not my match of the show, um, I, I, the, the last three I'm going to have to rewatch just to, to get an order of it. My initial reaction right at the top of the bat is that Okada versus Jay White was so smooth. They played their role so perfectly that that one's my match of the, of the night. And therefore on January 5th, 2019 with 360, 360 days to go in the year, it's my, it's my current match of the year. But um, like I said, I'm not sure that might be fluid at this point. Um, But uh, Megan Tanahashi, what I, you know, they, they really kind of kicked the shit out of each other. And what I liked so much about it was that um, uh, Kevin Kelly was saying how how much Omega is so physically dominant in the sport of pro wrestling right now, and, and he showed that against Tanahashi. He dominated Tanahashi physically. Tanahashi kept finding a way to come back, and then and then it turned out that Omega actually dominated him mentally too, because for Tanahashi to win, he had to compromise his values. He had to compromise his morals. He had to, to quote unquote sink to Kenny Omega's level. And so in winning the championship, um, and in case you, in case you guys don't know, listening, every championship that was on the line changed hands, which means almost every championship in new Japan changed hands at wrestle kingdom. The only one that was not on the line was the six man titles, which may or may not have changed hands yesterday at new year's dash. Or I guess I should say early this morning at New Year's Dash. We haven't had a chance to watch that show yet. Um, but but Tanahashi ended up leaving with the championship. But Omega really won the war by losing the battle because he proved his way is better than Tanahashi's. Because Tanahashi had to um, he had to, to sink to levels he didn't want to sink to. He had to to lose some of his grace, as he's been calling it, in order to beat Omega. And in fact, Omega is only the second person ever behind Kazushiko Okada to ever kick out of a full um, belly-to-belly um, high-fly flow. And it took a second one of those for Tanahashi to, to beat Omega, even though he compromised his principles. So, so to me, even though he lost the match, Omega really won the story. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, I, there was a lot to like about this. There were some spots that really stuck out, like uh, Tanahashi hitting the Styles Clash on Omega, um, that dragon suplex off the top turnbuckle that really Tanahashi landed on his face. And um, one thing that kind of caught me is when did Don Callis and Kenny Omega make up? You know, they, it seems like they just kind of um, brushed that aside. You know they they, they you know he he, uh, he turned he did turn on Omega at that one show in Canada but they really have not uh, they didn't follow through with that storyline they haven't really, they haven't really mentioned it since. Well, he did badmouth them a few times during World Tag League. Oh, did he? Yeah, on a couple of the shows. Um, but it just seemed odd that he was back to being Kenny's biggest cheerleader again. 
Okay. I guess I must have missed him seeing that during the World Tag League shows. When he was pumping up the Jericho Cruise. Or not. Oh, okay. Jericho Cruise. Um, he was he was busy. Yeah, it was the Jericho Cruise that he was pumping up. He was trying to talk about how much better Jericho is than Penny and so on. Well, maybe he still feels that way, but he wasn't facing Jericho, so it, so he's still better than everybody else on the planet. Good point. And uh, I mean, the match itself. I there were points of it. It's one thing I about this um, card, and it was kind of a all the way from the pre-show all the way through the end of the night. It was uh, basically all of the elite going above and beyond to make whoever they were in against look ridiculously strong and wrap up storylines or write themselves out of, uh, out of new Japan, basically. Um, you know, and you notice that with Kenny Omega too. Kenny, Kenny sold moves that I don't think I've ever seen him sell before. He looked like he was getting his ass kicked and even against Okada, he never looked that, he never made Okada look that strong. Um, and Tanahashi there for a little while looked like he was a world beater especially in the middle of the match when he um, went with the table spot and the um, the moves on the apron. I just, it looked like Kenny was just getting his ass kicked for pretty much most of the match. See, and I, and I didn't see it that way. I, I saw that, that Kenny, you know, as the, as the heel in the match really dominated like 70% of it. He had his moments, but there were moments, I mean, Tanahashi looked stronger than he has in a year probably two years in throughout a lot of the match. I mean, he really, really just beat the shit out of Kenny. Hmm. Yeah. See, I, I, like I said, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel that way watching it, but I, but I am going to re- give it a, give it a rewatch those, at least those last three matches and just see, you know, where, you know, how I felt about them when I feel about them when I'm not like super tired <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, my eyes aren't wanting to close and that kind of thing. It just it seemed like there were there was a, a stretch there in the middle, especially after Kenny hurt his leg, where Tanahashi was more vicious than I've seen, like doing that dragon screw leg whip off the top turnbuckle, and um, you know a couple of moves in that section, and then um, there was a spot where they were out on the on the ring floor. It just it seemed like Tanahashi was a completely a guy I haven't seen since oh, Jesus Wrestle Kingdom ten. Against Okada, he just he seemed more vicious. He seemed stronger than he's been. Um, he, the one thing that I noticed about Kenny that was a little bit different than we've seen in Tanahashi matches. What is the one thing everybody goes goes and attacks on Tanahashi? Has been for over a year. It's been his knee. His knee. Yeah. So why did Kenny leave his knee alone and go after his back? And it was it was kind of a just an odd little segment where it ended up being Kenny's knee that was the the um, focal point of the match and not Tanahashi's. When Tanahashi's knee has been everybody's target for the last year and a half. Well, see, I think Kenny listens to the podcast and he was just tired of listening to you whine about. Him not uh-huh. selling, the- <laughs> but him not selling the knee, and so he was just like, "I'll, I'll attack something else." Yeah, so now he does. Now he doesn't sell the back. <laughs> just, <laughs> what are we going to do? I mean, that's that's basically it. He just didn't sell the back injury either. But I, I give Kenny credit. I mean, that that 
um, dragon screw looked brutal. It looked painful, and he went out of his way to sell that the rest of the match. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he did a great job selling that selling that knee injury the the way that uh, I guess Tana doesn't. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, he didn't like like she, like, like 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 he had to he had to like one leg hop himself onto the top rope and things like that. Well, and not even that. I mean, that's his V trigger leg. And he and whenever he'd hit a V trigger, you'd watch him grab his knee, like he was just putting everything on the line to to hit that move. And it just, I. Uh, and and he, tra- and, he tra- and he tried to use the other knee for it, but then of course because that because his V trigger knee was hurt, he couldn't really plant with it, so it didn't work very well. Plus, it being his his bad leg, so he had to go back to the to the move that was killing his knee. Right. And I actually enjoyed the, the ending spot. I mean, I, I've never been a fan of multiple um, finishers, but the way that they did it this time was okay. And the way that he countered the one winged angel was fine for me. Yeah. Um, I, this, this to me wasn't Kenny's best match by far. Um, I don't even think this was Tanahashi's best match. I've seen better from him. I, th- to me, this was a four star match. Um, it was weird having uh, Matt and Nick out there. And have them not do anything, literally not do anything. I don't even think they talked throughout the entire match, did they? No, they did. They were they were still they were you know telling him where Tana was and checking on him, making sure making sure he was okay when he when he uh, got hit a couple of times with things. So yeah, it, they they were out there and they were active, but yeah, they didn't get physically involved. But they haven't been lately. Did you see the tweet um, that the Bucks put out? No, I haven't. Where where they are today? No. They're at Disney World. Oh, okay. So they pretty much announced they weren't going to be any part of New Year's Dash um, pretty early on when they tweeted that they were at Disney World. Well, that's interesting because supposedly the reason why they're doing the the press conference on Tuesday is because nobody, not everybody was going to be in back in back from Japan until Tuesday. Nobody is on New Year's Dash. I, I kind of quickly went through the card. Um, nobody is. None of the elite members are. Interesting. Not even Kenny, huh? Not even Kenny. See, because because I'm not convinced Kenny's leaving New Japan. He just became he just became a Japanese citizen last year, so well, I mean, it would it would seem weird for him to become a Japanese citizen and then just leave the country. I there's a couple of things that I can see out of it. I mean, maybe you know he does love Japan. He said that that was always the place he wanted to be, and um, but his five best friends are leaving. You well, know, his. Well, four of them, I guess we well we don't know for sure about Abushi. I mean, they if Ibushi he was, doesn't sign a contract anywhere, so it doesn't really matter what he does. He's not going to sign a contract. Eh, that's true, but I mean, even if it's possible that he would end up leaving too. I mean, it it's, it just seems odd that Kenny would stay when all of his best friends have left. And they did they did a good job throughout this entire night of writing these guys out. Like, even even Jericho. You know, writing Jericho out, they wrote out uh, Cody, they wrote out uh, the Bucks, they, and, and put them in positions where they made whoever they were up against look just ridiculously strong. And the Bucks eating the pin was a perfect example of, of just putting people over on the way out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not convinced that Kenny's not resigning with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It doesn't mean he can't work with ROH or... AEW also, but I just I just don't think he's leaving Japan. That's that's, and and you know, and that being the case, I mean, I if I'm wrong, you know, fine, I'm wrong. But if he's not leaving New Japan, then I think this was a mistake to take the title off of him. 
Oh, I because, agree. Because I don't see... I don't see a match for the Madison Square Garden show for Tanahashi that's going to be as exciting as anything Kenny Omega could have done. Well, and just the fact, but you and I talked about this beforehand. This was Tanahashi had to win this match. There was no, there was no way he wasn't going to with the way the storyline was built up. Just because it was, this is his redemption. And if he didn't win this match, he, he pretty much needed to retire. Yeah, this that was, was his yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that was your opinion. <laughs> I still disagree with it. I, I, you, I you, just think you, he... you can you can have a you can almost come back and then not quite win that match and still prove that you that you still have it. Not when you put everything you have on that one match. Well, he ended up having to put everything he even more than what he had in this match, and and so therefore, like I said, he 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 won the match, but he lost the battle and he lost the war. Because he had to compromise his principles to win the damn thing. Yeah, that's he, true. He, could, he couldn't beat Kenny straight up. He couldn't beat Kenny the way he wanted to beat him. He had to go to um, a dark side to do it. <laughs> dark side. <laughs> What's so funny about that? Because he kind of looks like Shmi Skywalker. Like, looks like what? Shmi Skywalker. Who the hell was Shmi Skywalker? You, what, seriously? Anakin's mom? Her name isn't Shmi. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yes. Okay. <sighs> I just you don't always, even know who you are anymore. You always, you always think that that uh, Tanahashi looks like a woman. It's kind of funny. Because he does. Unless he, he, you think he's androgynous, huh? I yes, I do. <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing that I found out this week is that. Uh, you know how you, you you always say he looks like China. He looks like China. Yeah. Um, he actually had matches against China in New, in New Japan. <laughs> but he doesn't look like China anymore. He looks a little more um, like me, Skywalker. Yeah, a little more silky, I guess would be the way. I don't. I, I'm worried about up. you Let's now, dude. <laughs> you think I'm silky? Let's move on. Moving on. Susan's sitting here laughing at me. By the way, she should be. Yeah, she's doing a good job of it. Um, she's she's recording this. Oh, is she? We're probably going to get a Snapchat of it eventually here. I don't think I'm friends with her on Snapchat. Oh, well. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Any more on the Omega Tanahashi match? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, I, was, it, it was. I I'm just not sure where they're going to go for for Madison Square Garden with Tana as the champion. I mean, I I think they probably have a new beginning match plan, but I'm just not sure where they're going to go with him with that. I mean, it, I mean, there's I think there's big names they could have pulled in to face Omega there, but I'm not sure they'd be the same for Tanahashi. Pretty much sure where they're going next with it is Jay White. I mean, not that, at Madison Square Garden though. Well, yeah, that's. That is a problem. I, I, are there any Americans left or even Canadians left in NJPW now? Uh, I mean, Finn, Finley and Juice Robinson, that's about that's about it. Yeah, pretty much. But Chase I, Owens. I mean, well, but he's Samoan. I mean, he pretty much, he's like 50% or half Samoan or something like that. Yeah, but Samoa is part of the United States. Mm, all right, fine. So that's why it's called America Samoa. Well, then G.O.D. is there, too. So maybe we'll get Tama Tonga against Tanahashi. Pass. 
the um I, I I don't know. I don't think they, he needs to have an American face him to sell out Madison Square Garden. It's already sold out, so it's not like they need more buys. Right, but I mean, they they also want to put a put a good face forward for the rest of their expansion plans. You know, I mean, right. they, they don't want to have Madison Square Garden and have them face off against like Maccabi or something. Well, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I see, if they're going to go anywhere, I could honestly see it being Okada again. Yeah, I've seen that too, too many times over the last, you know, five or six years to have that happen again. Yeah, in, I, in MSG, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. I guess, but I mean, I, like I said, I kind of went over briefly the New Year's Dash stuff, and uh, it doesn't look like a great card. Um, the only thing that really stood out is you know Jay White kind of stepping forward to be a challenger for Tanahashi and. Um, like I said, you know, what was going to happen? Chase and um, Takahashi end up joining Bullet Club again. Oh, fun. So, yeah. So there's, I, I'm actually like, I'm more concerned right now about NJPW losing the elite than I am about Ring of Honor. Cause it's, it's just a complete, Turn. There's still our favorites like Lij and Okada and you know the people like that. But there's it's when you look over this card, there's six matches on this card that contain an elite member. That's a huge loss when you're looking forward as far. And if you look back over the last three or four Wrestle Kingdom cards, it's been pretty much the elite that's that's made up most of it. And that's just that's a huge loss when you look ah. back at it. They'll be fine. They'll just build, they'll just build, new, build new stars. I mean, they, oh, yeah, you know, they, know. they, you know, they, they lost AJ and Nakamura and Anderson and um, Gallows all, you know, basically in one day, and they rebuilt from that. So, but when they when they fine. lost when they lost those guys, the only one that was really really mattered at the time was Nakamura. I mean, so AJ. So AJ didn't matter. Well, he did, but he didn't. It wasn't like he was one of their top stars at the time. He was he was always overshadowed by a, at least a dozen other people there. He was a two time IWGP heavyweight champion there. Yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't great. He he wasn't the top dog when he left. Yeah. Well, first of Can all, he, I don't think I don't think Omega's leaving. I don't think Ibushi's leaving, and I think that they'll they'll come to a working arrangement with AEW. So I don't think you're going to worry about them not being there at all anymore. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I'm just, I'm just a little bit worried about it, Madison Square Garden, but um, hopefully they'll pull in CM Punk for that, and they'll face off against Tanahashi or something like that. And when is when is that show? That's in May, isn't it? No, it's April. Is it April? Like, like beginning of April. Oh, they got time then. April sixth, I want to say. They got plenty of time then. Yeah, they would have had more time if it was May. Captain Obvious. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, okay. So well, well, it, seemed, it seemed like you were saying, "Oh, is it in May? They may not have enough time then." Oh, it's in April. There, enough time then. No, it's, it's, I was saying they had plenty of time. The the this match too did go forty minutes, and that's a Wrestle Kingdom record, by the way. No match has ever gone more than thirty minutes or thirty-five, I think, at Wrestle Kingdom. That's not true. That's um, what they had said on the broadcast. 
Omega and Okada went 46 minutes and 45 seconds. Then why were they talking? Was that the main event? Yeah. Of course it was. So why were they talking? Why was Kevin Kelly spouting out about how this was the longest match? I don't know. Maybe it was the longest Tanahashi match ever. I don't know. Possibly, I guess. Anyway. Because <laughs> I, I remember you went to watch that match. You're like, oh, it's almost an hour? I can't watch this right now. So. Yeah, because it was, it was over an hour with the entrances. Right. So, anyway, so we, let's move on to uh, Naito versus Jericho. And this was a really good match also. I mean, it was – I don't think it was as good as Omega versus Jericho last year, but it, it, or, but it was certainly in that ballpark. And and it was and uh, you know it, it did it did have you know a few things that I don't like in it like finisher kickouts and things like that. But at the same time, I thought these guys really beat the shit up, beat the shit out of each other. And I thought Naito was Naito earned that championship. And then at the end, it seems like he really wanted that championship instead of just throwing it to the side and um, beating the shit out of it like he did the last couple of times he's held it. Yeah, and that uh, it, that was one thing I noticed too. And and Jericho. Jericho gave his all in this match too, and and Naito looked incredible. And he hasn't looked that good since he lost the belt. Um, you know, and hopefully this is a good thing for him because that was one thing we talked about is how he had such a down year last year. Hopefully this uh, this is the start of a, a great year for him. And yeah, um, and, and actually all of LAG that are currently active left the show with championships. Yeah, I mean they they pretty much hold all the gold. Bullet Club, and, yep. Bullet Club and LIJ, and then, of course, Tanahashi. I mean, they, it, every single one of them has titles. I, I did something I've been waiting to see for a long time, uh, you know, that they would have that much gold in that stable, and it's nice to actually see it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I think there was a point where um, – well, maybe – no, maybe not. I was going to say I think there was a point where they held the six-man titles, the Intercontinental and the Junior Heavyweight, but then – but actually, I don't think that I don't think they ever did have held those all together, did they? No, they didn't, because uh, Tanahashi got hurt, or not Tanahashi. Uh, Takahashi. Um, yeah, Takahashi got hurt before that, and didn't. Did they drop the titles, the six man titles before? Naito had. There was something. You're right. They didn't hold them all at the same time. And I can't remember what it was. I can't remember the actual um, way that it was broken down, but you're right. They didn't hold them all. You know what? I think they, I think they did for one night. Yeah, that's what happened. They, they did for one night. Um, at Wrestle Kingdom 11, Naito beat um, Tanahashi for the championship, for the Inter- Intercontinental yeah. Championship. Takahashi won against Kushida for the junior heavyweight championship. And then um, Sonata, Evil, and Bushi were the six-man tag team champions, and they lost them at New Year's Dash the next night. Okay. That's, that's what it was. Okay. I knew, that, I knew they didn't have – and I knew that the Wrestle Kingdom last year we had multiple winners, or 11 we had multiple winners, but I, it just didn't seem like they were all together. Right. So, you know, this, this time they do have them all together, and that's, that's a nice thing to see. Right, you know. I'm gonna, a, go ahead. And it's and it's a stable that you know I I don't want to say needed it, but it's definitely a stable that deserved it. Well, I think they needed it too. It, 
you know, last year, you know, they basically pushed Naito aside for Jericho um, and for Tanahashi. And they also, and of course the injury to evil kind of made, kind of made their momentum as tag team champions go by the wayside. And Takahashi's injury took care of, you know, of that, of that aspect of it. So really, I mean, they're, they've been building back up since Shingo joined them. But this is kind of the crowning of them as being the top stable in New Japan right now. Well, ever since they ever since they added Shingo, they've just been on fire. And I, right. I'm glad that they they all hold gold. I'm glad that they've got a solid base going forward. And I think it's going to be the year of Lij. I think so too. I, I think I would not be surprised if by the end of this year, Naito is the is the world champion and Sonata is the Intercontinental champion. Yeah, that would uh, that would make sense. And the nice thing too is about all their wins is it didn't hurt anybody. Like L.I. or um, Bushi and Shingo winning the junior didn't really hurt Yo and Sho like it like I thought it was going to. And We're still crying though after that, right? No, nah, not really, because Rocky pissed me off. Um, <laughs> and Sonata and Evil, you know, not beating G.O.D. and actually putting the pin on the Young Bucks who were on their way out the door anyway didn't really hurt anything going forward. Same thing with Naito and Jericho, because Jericho is pretty much out the door, too. I think Jericho actually tweeted out yesterday that he's, that he's challenged, or he wants to challenge Tanahashi for the championship, so that might be the Wrestle King, that might be the Madison Square Garden match. Yeah, that one actually wouldn't be bad. The thing, did you notice, too, that Kenny Omega was wearing, or not Kenny, uh, Cody was wearing uh, Jacksonville Jaguars colors? Did I lose you? Dog start barking, you ran away? No, I'm just, I was trying to get them to shut up, so I went, oh. I went mute. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I did notice that. And, if, and in fact, Kevin Kelly mentioned it, too. Oh, did he? I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, too. So Definitely. And they, did, they didn't, they weren't shy about pointing out that he's got a new job title. No, what is he, like, vice president of production and television or something like that? Yeah, it's, they, uh, it, it was that was one thing that Kevin Kelly did say, or and even Don Callis said that if that if Cody won, uh, held the title, that they could see him coming back even with his new responsibilities. Right. So I don't. I mean, the door's still open for all these guys, and I hope they figure out a way to get him back. I, I just not. It it just it seems like a huge blow at this point. I thought she was just watching. Never mind. Um, wow. No. Um, you know, I'm we, not we, mention that to we, we really don't want, to, don't want to talk about AEW until like Monday, you know, where we have, have a long-term discussion about it, or I mean, a longer discussion about it. But I have read a report that um, I think I think this coming week or the week after AEW, NJPW, and Ring of Honor are going to have a sit down and discuss. Um, trying to get, trying to come up with a working relationship between the three of them. Sorry, and I, I was just, and, and just I, reading and, something that Ryan tweeted to us. And I think that if, um, I think that if that if uh, you know NJPW has to decide between Ring of Honor or AEW, AEW is going to be the, one, the way that they go, because they're the ones that have the uh, you know the the top the top name draw guys that Ring of Honor doesn't have at this exact moment. Well, and not only that, but top name draw guys that have already worked there and sold tickets there. 
Where I, like, well, that's what I said. They were draws. You've mentioned that I mean, there's nobody in Ring of Honor that is currently working with New Japan except for Brett and Chucky e. T. And Jeff Cobb. Oh, and Jeff Cobb, yeah. But outside of that, there's really there's nobody else that works with Ring of Honor. So oh, it's oh, there's two there's two more guidance we didn't talk about earlier, Brett and Chucky e. T. I just said them. I know, but when we were talking about gaijins that are still in the promotion, we didn't mention Oh, that. yeah. And I, I don't think they really count. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just, I don't think they count. We're not going to see them facing Tanahashi. That would be, that would be a very, very, very stretch of a storyline to get that done by April, to make one of those two a top contender against Tanahashi. Well, no, I'm am just saying that they were that they're also uh, gaijin that are still there. Yeah, so they don't count. I could see honestly if Juice continues his run, I could honestly see him face Tanahashi at Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry, who was that? Um, Juice Robinson, you know the guy that I hate. Yeah, right. I could see it. No, not happening. Uh, all right. He's just not at that level yet. No, but he, he, he could quickly get there. I mean, Jesus, David Finley had a title shot, so did Breda last year. Well, no, I guess Breda didn't, but David Finley did. At the, at the IWGP Championship? Yeah, against Omega, remember? No, I don't. The, he faced him in a... Um, we were talking about that, about the six-man tag, and how, and I was trying to figure out why they had that tag match. And it was because you said that Omega was facing Finley. Oh, right, but it wasn't for a, it wasn't a title match. Oh, I thought it was. No. Uh, well, never mind then. Okay. Forget forget that I said anything. I'm sure okay. most people. I'm sure most people have already. Susan's mocking me, Shane. Surprising. Yeah, she, would, right. she would never mock anybody, neither would I. Oh, of course not. Why would you? So, I don't know. I, I'm, this thing threw me off today, this whole not being able to connect for half an hour. I'm all out of sorts. Sorts of what? Yeah. I said shorts, not sorts. You're out of shorts. <laughs> oh, we'll tell, oh, tell her to get down and do some laundry then. Jeez. The hell is she there? I'm not going to let her listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never letting her listen to this broadcast ever. Oh, never mind. She can hear you. She's mad now. I don't care. Anyway. Laundry done. Um. Uh, did, she, did she tell you what I did she tell you what I asked her yesterday? No, what? I asked if she was coming in today because you know we they were offered overtime at work today for a few hours, and she said no. And I said, oh good, because if you were coming, if you because if if you weren't coming in, I was going to get donuts for me and and Mike. But if you were coming in, I wasn't going to get donuts. Well, that's nice of you. <laughs> yeah, and what turns out it turns out I so I wasn't able to stop it anyway. So. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, I was obviously kidding. 
But you, you should have eaten the donuts from Jackie. Um, you could have left I, them. Maybe, maybe I did. I told you. <laughs> he did. He did eat them. I told you. She I, wants to know I, how. I said maybe I. Did. <clears throat> All right, this is getting completely off the rails here. Yeah, it is. so we, you know, we 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 were going to go in order, but you decided to mention Cody and Juice. So why don't we why don't we go and talk about that match? <gasps> you want to jump over our favorite match? No, but you're the one that brought up Cody and Juice. So oh, it was just okay. Go ahead. So I thought this was actually a very good match. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because, as you know, I haven't enjoyed either of their two previous encounters, and Cody has has been hit, hit and miss for me for quite a while. But I thought he, I thought this was actually a very very good match. Um, I would I would say probably you, you said you could every match on this show at least four stars. I would say this is probably in the four star range for me as well. Um, I thought Juice was was great in it. I thought Cody was great in it. I thought Brandy paid, played her part perfectly. Um, if I was Juice, I would I would still would have hit Brandy. I don't, I don't understand what they were saying that you know if Juice hit Brandy he'd be disqualified. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. But uh, but yeah, I mean I I thought this was a really good match and I and I think that Cody did a great job putting Juice over strong. And that's exactly the same feeling I had, and it seemed like the same match he had against Lethal at no. Final Battle. No, it, it it was a little more up pace, and I think that's because Jay White or not Jay White, a Juice is. Um, a little more athletic than than Jay is at this point in his career, but it it was the same heel Cody. It was the same, um, basically the same thing, putting over Juice and and the way he, you know, got the clean pinfall and everything again was just that was perfect. It was exactly what Cody did to Lethal by making the company look good, making his competitor look good on his way out the door. No, in the match against Lethal. It was he would he would do something to cheat, then hit a finisher, then then Lethal would kick out. Then he would do something to cheat, hit a finisher, Lethal would kick out, and it happened like three or four times. And this one, yes, he hit the crossroads once and just kicked out of it. But he never, but he, but he, there was really no no other cheating going on other than like you know one slap to the back with uh, with the um, with the weight belt and with you know Brandy interfering a couple of times. But it was mostly you know. Um, a, a flat out clean win for Juice. Yeah, I mean Brandy really didn't get too heavily involved in there. You're right, there wasn't a whole ton of cheating, but it just it seemed like it was a similar situation. Mainly, I'm just giving props to Cody for a, a second time of putting somebody else over, and making them look great on his way out the door. Yeah, he definitely did that. You know, and I felt he did that with Lethal too, but I mean, you and I will still have differences on that match. But it just—it was another another instance of Cody just doing what's best for business. So he's he's a Triple H now. I said best for business. I know I that's what Triple I, H always said. I didn't say be a yes man for the dictator. You didn't say that, but I can read between the lines. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I, I, I didn't think we'd have much to say about that match. I thought that we'd probably be pretty much in agreement on there, even even if you're wrong comparing it to Lethal match. So, but yeah, I mean, this this was, you know, I, I expected it to be, um, you know, I kind of I kind of said that it would be it would be the kind of the match that would determine where. 
um, where Russell Kingdom would would fall in, in in you know as as far as being in that list for you know great pay per views because because you know you can't really have a, a dud if that's the case. In this case, you know Cody versus Juice was not the dud that I was dreading it would be. Yeah, not I expecting didn't... it to be not expecting it to be, but dreading that it would be. Yeah, I guess I didn't think it would be. I didn't even dread it would be. I mean, I I liked their last match better than you did, so it might be. And for me to say that, not their match. Like, you thought their last match sucked too, though. Yeah, you I didn't think it, I thought it sucked, but you thought it yeah. sucked. Well, yeah, because it was Juice, and I hated his character at the time. He's come a long way since then. Sure. He's redefined his character, and it's actually likable now. Sure, it has nothing to do with the fact that that Cody wrestled a better match in this one than he did the last time, right? Well, yeah, there's that too, and especially when you look at the fact that he did it with a tearing as he's literally having surgery today. Yeah, that's what Kelly and Kelly mentioned. I had no idea that was going on. Well, that's remember when he um, would had to tap out of the match against um, Beretta at uh, uh, War of the Worlds or um, Global Wars. No, right. I remember him having an injury. I did, but I didn't. But I thought. He had been cleared to wrestle. I didn't realize he had to have surgery still. Yeah, and, and I, I was the same. I, did, I guess I didn't realize that, too. That was kind of a shock to me. But when you look at the the performance he put on and has put on for the last few matches with that kind of an injury, you couldn't even tell he was injured. No, you couldn't. He did, he did an excellent job covering up for it. I wish you'd give him the credit he deserves. Yeah, you know, I wish I could, too. Jesus. <laughs> I think I've given him more than enough. Oh, have you? What have you given him, Jeff? All right, you are in an odd mood. Well, I, I was actually... Yes, that's probably because I, I'm still trying to recover from staying up and watching the show the other night. Well, yeah, that does make sense. I still can't believe that you did that because I watched it all yesterday. Yeah, but I wanted to see it live. I didn't want to hear anything about have anybody spoil anything for me. Well, who would have done that? <laughs> <laughs> who could have possibly done that? I don't know. I, I never would. I would never do that to you. <laughs> really. <laughs> Uh, you definitely got me back yesterday, but then again, I kind of knew that Omega was going to lose anyway, so I had that feeling even before, you know, our last show when we talked about it and how I've been saying for a month that Tanahashi's got to win the match. It's the only way to make his story complete. Yeah, and I still disagree, but I guess I guess New Japan, New Japan agreed with you, or New Jer- New Japan or whatever the hell I just said agreed with New you. J- so. New Japan, New Japan. <laughs> All right, so New Duran Duran. I I I hate to rush through these, but because we started a half hour late, I don't want to spend too much time on them, especially because I know one of these matches we're going to talk about for quite a while. Well, and and there really wasn't uh, too much to the to the juice the juice um, Cody match. I mean, so it was isn't really like we're shortchanging it. It's just that I figured since you had brought it up, we might as well just talk about it quickly. So, I mean, it was so, only so, nine, it was only nine minutes long too. It wasn't something that they put a ton of time into. Um, I, I think if it had gone another five minutes or so, they could have told a much better story that would have been higher up. But it just it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Well, it didn't, and it didn't need that extra time to tell the story they needed to tell. No, because they just yeah. need to. They just need 
needed to look make Juice look strong and, and let Cody leave on good terms. Right. And then also the the um, how, how do I want to how do I want to say this? Um, it was right in the middle of the show, so it was it was so it was kind of like in you know almost an intermission between the stuff the the stuff below it and the and the big and the big main event stuff coming up. So it was it was per, so it was perfectly wrestled for that spot as well. And looking at the match times on this, it's it's a complete night and day difference from last year. I the only match that went over thirty minutes was Tanahashi and Omega. The only other match that went over twenty minutes was uh, Naito and Jericho. Everything else was below 15 minutes, around the 15-minute mark, and and much lower. I mean, we had a six-minute match here. Um, we had, yeah, the um, uh, junior take belt was only 6.51, so just under seven minutes. Osprey, I, I didn't realize that. It seemed like it went a lot longer than that, but that's what they're saying the official time was. Huh. You know, and, and then um, Osprey Obushi was 18 minutes, and that. That did feel like it was a longer match, but it just it, both take team matches were under eleven minutes. You had one that was under seven, one that was ten, ten fifteen, ten sixteen. So it just when you got a triple threat tag match, you expect it to go longer than that. Right? Yeah. I, I like I said, I didn't realize those matches were that short. And that that kind of shocked me too when I looked at when I, which just says a lot for the performers that they were able to do that kind of story in that short a time to make us feel like it was a longer match. Agreed. You know, because it, I, when I looked at these times, I was just blown away. I was like, there's no way that that, that was a 10 minute match or that was a five minute match or whatever. Well, and that's one thing I, that I, I, somehow I forgot to say about the, uh, the, the uh, Jericho, I mean, not sorry, the Jericho, the Omega Tanahashi match. Um, I, I did. I did tell you this when I was, you know, yesterday when when we talked about it. But I, I meant meant to mention on the show too is that um, I, I think you're, I think the the main eventers in in New Japan are so good at telling a story that you just get lost in what's going on and you don't realize the length of time that it's taking um, because they were at the fifteen minute fifteen minute mark and and the you know the the um, the timer guy said that and. And Kevin Kelly emphasized, and I'm like, wait, no, there's no way this match has been going for 15 minutes, you know. And you know, I thought I really thought the match had just started. It was just, it's just incredible how how good they are at doing that. I mean, um, Omega is great at it. Um, Tanahashi's great at it. Is great at it. It's just, it's just amazing how much they can um, make time stand still for you. I guess is, is the best way to put it. And is that because of the bookers backstage or just their talent? I mean, how are they so much more talented? It, uh, maybe it's the style of the match. Maybe it's the fact that they hit so much harder. It's it's hard to say, but I, I agree with you. It's it, the matches in New Japan never seem as short as they really are, or as long as they really are. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Either you get sucked in, and you're like, "Holy crap, it's been an hour already," or you're like, "What do you mean it's only been ten minutes?" Exactly. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, they're just so good at it. Maybe it's the strong style. Maybe that's that kind of style in the hard hitting makes you feel like they're taking so much more punishment than they are. Yeah, it could be. All right. So let's move on to the match that I think you and I both enjoyed the most out of all of this. And that was 
um, Jay White proving once again that Okada cannot beat him and beating him clean in the middle of the goddamn ring after countering a Rainmaker into the um, this, the uh, Blade Runner. The Blade Runner. Yeah, I was trying to call. Yeah. It, I kept trying to call it the Switchblade. Yeah, I, I did that all day yesterday. I kept thinking every time I wanted to talk about that, I kept wanting to say it was a Switchblade, but no, right. it's a Blade Runner. Yeah, just in a, I I thought this match was so smooth. I thought all three guys involved in it played their parts to perfection. Um, I th- and and I thought you know we we got um, you had mentioned on Monday's show that we're going to get the Rainmaker back for the first time. And we did. You know, he he came out. He he came out to the Rainmaker music. He came out with the with the robe on, the money falling, with uh, with uh, he, he even he even um, had, wore his short trunks again. But well, he, and but, he, but he, and he hit every single one of his trademark moves, and he wrestled a perfect match. And he mm-hmm. still he still could not beat the Switchblade. Well, and he also, not only that, he dyed his hair back to blonde. You know, he, I mean, he went full out back to Rainmaker, which is good. And I, I hope that this loss doesn't, you know, make him go back to that stupid balloon gimmick. Um, <laughs> but this was, this was a perfect match. And, and Don Callis mentioned it and you and I both agreed on it. It's uh, Don Callis compared Okada to Bret Hart in the fact that they've got such a specific move set that, you know it's coming. You just can't stop it. And that's uh, you know that's probably the b- most a- accurate description I've ever heard of Okada is comparing him to Bret Hart because that's that's so true. Right, because he also doesn't make mistakes in the ring. He doesn't hurt people. Um, he he has excellent execution. It's just you know, but uh, sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes guys just have your number. And in this well, case, in this case, you know, White has Okada's number. Well, and it wasn't just that. It was, I mean, Jay White was who should have won this match. You know, when we talked about that, we need to have Okada continuous free fall. You know, and we need to build Jay White up. And what better way to build Jay White up than than having him beat Okada? I, I felt like this match was fluid. Both wrestlers wrestled a perfect match. I loved the ending with the Rainmaker um, being countered into their Blade Runner. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, you know, and the fact that Okada couldn't kick out of the Blade Runner again. You know, he gets hit with the Blade Runner once, it's over. You know, so they're really... Okada really did make Jay White look great, but Jay White, on the same hand, made Okada look great, too, because they were so... Their chemistry is so sickening good. You know, everything about these, this match I loved, including the fact that they got the right winner. And, yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, and, and the... Uh, you know, White needed two things from this match. Um, you and I both loved his match against Omega last year at New Beginning in Osaka. I think we both had that as a five-star match. But for most people, White had not had a, had a five-star match since going moving back to New Japan from Ring of Honor since his excursion ended. So he needed that, but he also needed a clean victory over some over another you know main event player he he had beaten omega tanahashi and okada all in 2018 but only one of those was a clean win and that was and that was almost out of nowhere against omega so for him to dominate a match um beat the ace of the promotion make no make no mistake even though tanahashi is the ace of the universe 
Okada has been the ace of that promotion for the last three years. Um, so, so he needed, so for him to beat the ace cleanly in the middle of the ring after both guys wrestled a perfect match was exactly what Jay White needs to become a, a new pillar of this, of this company and to, and to be somebody that people can believe in as being a major star. And my favorite part of this entire match is it didn't focus on Gato like I was afraid it was going to. I, there was that, uh, that spot in the middle of the match where um, he threw Gato over the, over the guardrail and then did that um, crossbody. But other than that, it wasn't focused on Gato. Like I was, I, I seriously, I was afraid they were going to make that story, this story, more about Gato than Jay White. Right, and, and there and there was a brief spot where Gato, where Gato got, got up on the apron in order to kind of distract Okada for a second. But I mean, this was other than that. I mean, White just kept countering and countering and countering every time Okada went for the Rainmaker. He only, the only one he was able to hit was the was the spinning one with the left hand, um, and uh, but he was never actually able to beat him with with the real rainmaker with the full follow through. Every time he tried that, White had the answer, and it's gonna t- and I think it's gonna take um, Okada, you know, ha- having coming up with something else to to win matches with in order to actually finally beat Jay White. The way he had to come up with with the um, with the Cobra Clutch in order to find to to beat Naito. The other thing too that um, I noticed about this is the announcers went out of their way to make Jay White look like this genius that's been pulling strings behind the scenes for over a year now. Right. You know, with predicting that Kenny Omega was gonna, uh, they were gonna turn on him, and you know everything that that has happened. It just it does make it look like Jay White's been sitting there at the top since last year, pulling strings and making stuff happen. You know, right down to the dissolution of uh, of chaos, and they don't seem like a group anymore. Especially not when you look at who won this uh, this six man uh, gauntlet <laughs> match. Right, and and the, and the problems that Chucky e. T and Brett are still having, and and things like that. Yeah. Well, and I mean Yoshihashi finally came back, but you know that's a whole other issue too. You know, where's Yoshihashi in all this? What do you mean Yoshihashi came back? He wasn't at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, New Year's Dash. I haven't seen New Year's Dash yet. It's not like it's a spoiler. <laughs> I know, but I can't really talk about a show. I, I thought we were talking about Dash on, on Monday. We are. It's just, I'm just, oh my God, never mind. Okay. Anyway. I have nerve problems today. Sorry. So. I am too. You're on my last one. <laughs> well, then you can borrow Susan's last one. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, th- this was absolutely a spectacular match, and and uh, it's going to take a lot for. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's clearly not impossible. We've still got three to sixty days left of the year, but it's it's going to take a lot for a match to surpass this one in my eyes. I think as as being match of the year. But just I, because, of, I, because because of how smoothly it was wrestled, how perfectly I thought all three guys involved in it performed um, and what it meant to, for both guys in it. And, and especially what it meant for white going forward. And on the state, and of course the stage it was on. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, this was a big match. This was, you know, and Jay white stepped up 
in a tough situation, just like he did last year against Tanahashi. I mean, we were all surprised when he that match was uh, announced against Tanahashi last year, and he came out and delivered then, too. No, he didn't. That match sucked. It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. I thought and, it was and I still, good. I still think a lot of that was Tanahashi. Um, one of the reasons why Jay White was more, was on my most improved list is because of the, is because how bad that match was. So, so if you so if you think that match was was better than I thought it was, then that means that he has to be off my most improved list. Really? Oh right. yeah, because he because he would have started at the top. Yeah. yeah. He did get better throughout the year, but I didn't think that match was as bad as you thought it was. It was boring. It was sloppy and. It had no business on a Wrestle Kingdom card. Maybe I saw something different. I might have to go watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I thought their match in the G1 was really good. But not, that, but not, but not I, their match in Wrestle Kingdom. I wonder if I'm confusing those two. Because I, I seem to remember it being a whole lot better than Unwatchable. I didn't say it was Unwatchable. But it, wasn't, but it didn't belong on Wrestle Kingdom. Well, that's, so I'm, it's, I'm probably and not, just and not, confusing. And definitely not an Intercontinental title third from the top spot. I'm probably just confusing the two. Yeah, probably. You More do that sometimes. Every now and then. <laughs> so where do we see Jay White going from here? I mean, obviously he's got the match against Tanahashi, but do you think there's any chance he's actually going to win the championship? I guess that's going to depend on Tanahashi. Um. I mean, we we all know Tanahashi's at the end of his career. Um, he's yeah, he's still well at the, at the end of his main level career. I mean, he still can have a career in the with the, you know as a dad like you know like Liger has like right. Uh, I, mean, I can't think of the, I can't think of their names right now. I'm just I'm I'm really spacing. Well, um, how many Taguchi? You got Liger. You got um, even McCabe, Makabe. Uh, there's so many people that are that that are not main event level, but are still good enough to feel dangerous. Jeez, look at Suzuki. Right. You know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are, you, you can't see them as a heavyweight champion anymore, but they are still very important to the, to the um, promotion. True. And well, I don't actually. I don't think he's ever actually been a champion. Suzuki. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. That, that was a really hilarious spot, though, and um, Don Callis just literally ran away when Suzuki came near him. Do you fucking blame him? <laughs> Dude. I just, I, I just love the way that Callis is around Suzuki. They're just his comments and and literally every part of those those two being near each other is just fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think we're going to have to we're going to have to look on YouTube or something and see or maybe just Google like the cage match database and see if there's ever been a Suzuki versus. Um... Now, I just lost my, my mind again. My I'm very sorry. My, my brain is not working properly today. Yeah, mine hasn't mine hasn't been either. I think a lot of it's because of the slow start. Yeah, it could be. Mm. Anyway, I, I like. If, we, if there's like a Sammy Callahan versus Suzuki match out there in the last couple oh, of years, dear God, I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, if, there we go. If, if there is, that just made it to the top of my muscle watch list. Right. Just because two insane characters taking on each other, I think would just be outstanding. 
I'm guessing probably not, but it would be amazing, and I want to watch that. Oh, you know, so just something else just popped into my head, and I know we're going to talk about this more on, on Monday, but did you did you read one of the rumored guys that that AEW is going to be signing? No. Bill no, I, I've heard, Goldberg. Yeah, I, I guess I did hear that. I, I've heard a lot of names, and that's why I've got to stop looking at rosters because some of them just make no sense. Well, like, I think Goldberg makes perfect sense. Did you see his last three matches? I did. How does he make any sense unless he's going to be an announcer? Um, you do you do remember how great his match was against Lesnar at WrestleMania, right? Um, no. It I was guess. only like five minutes, but it was like a four star match. For a five minute match? Yeah, go back and watch it again, dude. I I I couldn't get no. In fact, actually, no, I didn't watch that. I refused to watch that because of how bad that Kevin Owens one was. Oh. That's, that's when he true. won, when he when he won the title, I just refused. I was not going to watch another Goldberg match. Ah, well, you might have to if he's in all elite wrestling. No, I can I can juice him. You can what? I can juice him, juice Robinson him. Just skip it over it. Oh, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to cut his head, cut his forehead open. No. I didn't I'm, say foreskin. I said forehead. I'm PG over here. That's too bad. There's no bleeding. That's really too bad. Oh, we are really off today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the that was part of the point of, of Cody wanting to form a new wrestling organization because he doesn't like the whole PG thing. You know, he, he wants to make a, an organization that uh, is not does not have to be family friendly to put on wrestling entertainment. Well, how many organizations out there are there like that now? I mean, they're pretty much everybody except the top dog is that way. Right, but this one's going to have major financial backing, whereas even though ROH is, is owned by a billion-dollar corporation, they really don't have to have the kind of super backing that you know they could have. Well, Anthem has done some great things with Impact, and I wouldn't call them exactly family-friendly. Well, that's true, but it's not on a major network, and you can't watch their pay-per-views unless you wait for four or five fucking months to see them. Or pay 50 bucks. Right. Which is not Not, okay. not that I'm still bitter about that. I can't I, – seriously, I can't believe it's not on there yet. Please, he's it. I mean, no, homecoming. Especially, especially since their next pay-per-view is a weekend, a day away. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Was there a reason why Bound for Glory was not – was it considered a pay-per-view? Maybe we're looking in the wrong spot. Oh, wait, it's tomorrow It's tomorrow night, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is tomorrow night. And that pop-up event is tonight. Yeah, but I don't, we still haven't seen that it's going to be broadcast anywhere, have we? It's not on um, Fight. I looked this morning. Yeah. I doubt it's going to be on Twitch. I don't think NW even has a Twitch channel. So... Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I think we're just kind of out of luck with these things. Um, but you know, we but we have discussed just covering Impact and not worrying about the pay per views too. Well, we'll go old school with it, like 1980s WWF, when you couldn't pay the 40 bucks for the pay per view, so you would just watch the recap. Um, yeah, I'm not. I re, I'm with you. I'm refusing to pay that much for a pay per view. I I just refuse. Right. Well, and 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 you don't, and you know. Your your financial situation is is even more dire than mine is. So. Oh yeah, it's brutal. 
So, um, anyway, let's let's move. Anything else you want to say about this uh, perfect match? Other than it was, it was, it, and it's it. What really sucks is that, it, and I'm not giving it enough credit. I, I know that. I know that right now, just because we're kind of off today for some reason, and I know we're going to end up talking about it again, and we're going to love it even more. But this was right from the start. Jay White coming out with the white, uh, wearing all white, and Gato dressed in all white, like they're the new, um, like almost like they're trying to come off as, as the new. Uh, the new good guys, uh, it seemed like, and then you've well, got well, no, because, because because in Japan, wearing <clears throat> white is a sign of evil. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because he's, I, I guess I'm just, yeah. See, for me, that's not. But it's true. The fact that they, Jay White is out usually in black, and for him to come out dressed in all white was such a, a stunning, just change that it kind of started it from the beginning. And then you get Okada with his Rainmaker. Um, gimmick back. It, it literally everything from start to finish on this match was was phenomenal. Everything there was, I I can't. There's not one complaint I have about this match, and it was the perfect length of time. It was a 14 minute match, you know. So it, it's kind of, and you, I'm sure we're gonna get the same debate that we had with the Saber versus Gresham match, where it can't be a five star because it's only 14 minutes or whatever. No, this was a five star match all the way. It was it was literally a perfect match. I think so too. Um, I mean, there, there are, and like I said, it took place at Wrestle Kingdom, which is important. It, I mean, it wasn't in the main event spotlight, but it was, you know, it did feature the ace of the promotion against the, against the rising star of the promotion. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I might even go back and read it higher than five stars after, 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 you know, watching it a second time. It just, but, but at this point that that's kind of where my, my mark is for it right now. And I, and I know that you don't like going higher than five stars for matches, but we live in a world where the number one, wrestling journalist and um and reviewer has has gone to up to seven stars so i think we have to kind of adapt to that well i think we should stop calling them stars and we should just rate uh say they what they are what they truly are they're garganos i give this a five gargano match a five gargano match yes because there's nobody right now better than gargano in big matches (laughs) there's nobody well uh, well, and, and, that, and, 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 and as long as we mention Gargano, I, I do want to say that we, we're, going, we're planning on covering uh, next week's NXT UK pay-per-view, um, and we're planning on covering the next NXT pay-per-view where Gargano is going to be facing off against Ricochet, which is going to be just an amazing spectacle. So Yeah, I'm, I, those two styles, getting to get, I just, I'm so excited for that match. And I've been, I mean, I've been trying to get caught up on NXT, so I've been watching a lot of uh, Ricochet versus Pete Dunne and Adam Cole and stuff. And just Ricochet is on, has been on fire for months, months now. And I just, and Gargano with his heel turn and everything, I just, this is one of the few matches of the year that I can say I've been looking forward to, like literally drooling over. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really. Uh... I'm I'm really psyched for that for that show too. I mean, we we've got so much wrestling coming up. It's not even it's not even funny. I mean, they've they've even announced an additional New Beginning show now in Nashville. That was it's been rumored for weeks, but they made it official at Wrestle Kingdom. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you know you you kept saying you know that you know just wait till things slow down and we get we get caught up on things. Well, it's we're not going to get caught up if we're if we're going to wait for things to slow down because it's not happening. 
And it, you know, the fact that we um, added five new promotions since I said that too <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really help. I well, mean, and Brian's I, trying to get us to add progress too, so that's yeah, another I one. Saw that. I, I saw that, and I, I'm trying to ignore that tweet because I know damn well I'll check it out, and then I'll be hooked on that too. <laughs> but we. I, if you think about it, when I said that, I can't wait till things slow down. It was when it was just NJPW and Ring of Honor, and then we added NWA, then we added Impact, then we added Defiant and NLW. What was the other one? There was one other one we were talking about watching, or at least checking out. Oh, NXT. Right. That was kind of added too. So. And, I, and I've been and I've been trying to go through it and watch some of the matches that that Ryan's been recommending to us from NXT UK. I'm not, I'm not, I was not going to watch 20 episodes of that show to catch up on it, but oh um, yeah, I can't. But, but but I'm happy to watch the uh, the big matches that he recommends to us. And I and I and I did and I did really adore that uh, Noam Dar versus um, oh what the hell is the other guy's name? Anyway, I I tweeted out to you that you, you need to watch it because it, it's it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, I've got it on my list. I'll probably get to it uh, hopefully this weekend, if not early next week. Since uh, oh, Zach Gibson, that's who it was. Zach Gibson. So. Okay, yeah, because yeah, he did he did mention that. You said it was a great match, so I'll probably check it out. Well, one thing I like about so much about Zach Gibson is is he's basically a 2018 version, 2019, 2018 version of uh, Nigel McGuinness. You know, so. nice. You know, one thing I like about people like. Um, uh, Andrew that messages us on Facebook every now and then and Ryan is they can go out and watch these promotions we don't have time for and recommend the great matches <laughs> and then we can go and watch the great matches <laughs> so it works out great keep it up oh. guys oh speaking of which um, who's that guy that um, Finn Bauer trained um, and he's, been, he's been on a couple of the NXT UK shows I'm trying to think of his name uh-huh. But apparently he had a he had a blow away match against Walter, so that's, that's available on YouTube. So, just just cause, just in case you don't have enough wrestling wrestling to watch, I thought I'd mention that to you. When did Finn Balor train train somebody? Well, he was on the. Why very did first, Finn Balor train somebody? He was on the very first NXT UK tournament, and he and they they mentioned that we how Finn Balor had trained him. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Ah, I, oh, I keep you keep cutting in and out. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, he was on the very first NXT UK tournament. Um, you know where um, where that one dude won the won the very first UK championship. They, he was on that show, and they mentioned how Finn Balor had trained him, and then he turned heel in that match. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to watch that. Um. Did you know that his real name is Fergal? Yeah, Fergal Debit. I, I did not know that. Did you think his real name was Prince? I was hoping it was something better than Fergal. <laughs> Although with a name like Fergal, why would you change it? Um, because it's Fergal? Doesn't Finn Balor mean like demon or something in Irish? Um, it's from an Irish um, folk tale, and Finn was the hero, and Balor was the demon, and so, oh, okay. and so it's, it's supposed to be like a, you know two split sides, two split sides of his personality. Oh, which explains his demon gimmick. Right. Exactly. All right, that makes sense now. 
Yeah, I can't find anything about him training anybody, so I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. I'm not about. finding it either, but I'm just I'm trying to figure out who that guy's name is, though, because I I heard it was a blow-away match, so... You said it was on the first one? Uh, no, I said this guy wrestled on the first on the first NXT UK tournament, but he wrestled Walter, like, just, just a few months ago. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find anything. I'm giving up. All right, that's fine. Um, so let's move on okay. then to Kushida defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Taiji Ishimori. Oh, which the beginning of this match was amazing. I, I don't know. The return of Doc Brown was great. The um, mini uh, mini Kushida at the beginning was great. And Shane, I think you're cutting in and out here because I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. But that that beginning, I, I loved Kushida's entrance. Just the little little guy running out with the big mannequin head or whatever he had on, and then the return of Doc Brown and um, blowing up the the child and Don Callis' reaction to that. It just that whole part was fun. I liked right. that whole thing. I did too. That, that was um, yeah. I mean, I I was getting starting a little bit freaked out because you know how I am about midgets, but. Right. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, and 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 I agree with and I agree with what what about what uh not Bauer what the hell Don Callis said about uh, how creepy that was scene that little yeah. kid with a big Kashida face. Oh, that was that was that was hilarious. That was that that whole thing, and then his line, "Don't blow up the kid" when he's screaming at that. Oh, it's just fun. I, Don Callis is I miss him so much on these shows. Um, I don't know if you caught it at the beginning when they were talking about Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. And um, Don Callis immediately said, "I'm available. Book me. I'm available." Right. So he he had some good lines throughout the throughout the entire night again, which is what we expect from Don Callis. Okay, so the guy's name is Jordan Devlin. Okay. So Walter took on Jordan Devlin at WrestleRama two, and it's a, and the entire match is available on YouTube. And he's it's against Walter. Yeah. And it was supposed to be yeah, an amazing match. So, so right, anyway, I'll have to watch it later. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the entrance was great. Maybe I'll um, actually like Walter a little more. See this? I thought you liked Walter. I I do, but I, I'm not enjoying him on this um, Defiant that we're watching. And now he's gone after two matches. He just, I don't know. I want to see him, I guess, against someone else. Ah, thirty-three minute match. Walter can go 33 minutes? Apparently. Wow. All right. All right. I'll, I'll bookmark that. I'll have to watch it later. Okay. Um, yeah, This. Yeah. the entrance was great. Um, Taguchi as Doc Brown is funny. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and like you said, you know, Cal is saying, oh, my God, they just blew up a kid. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just, it was so random and just, and then um, I don't know who that other guy was, uh, Chris something. Chris there, Charlton. Uh, when he pipe, uh, piped in with his honey, I blew up Kashada or Kashida. I grew up Kashida. Yeah. I thought that was that gave me kind of a chuckle too. So. Oh, and, the, um, and then Calvin responded to that with, uh, with uh, that that kid was was taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just I really appreciate Don Callis. I'm just not gonna. I, I can't lie about it. I love that guy. He has so so many great lines throughout every and his like I, I've said it. I already said it tonight too. His whatever that relationship he has with Minoru Suzuki is just that's just greatness, absolute greatness. My favorite Dan, my still my favorite Don Callis line of all time was during World Tag League, when he said that um, Suzuki has no problem debating you, and by debating I mean murder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great line. Easily my favorite Don Callis line. Yeah. Well, I remember when I when I told you a line that Josh Matthews had on Impact, and you're like, Callis said that. I said, No, Matthews said that. Are you? And you're like, Are you sure? Because <laughs> it didn't sound like. <laughs> and I, and I was like, Yeah, I went back and rewound it to make sure. <laughs> that because it sounded like a perfect Don Callis line, and it just wasn't. It Josh Matthews. Oh, and speaking yeah, of yeah, announcements. By the way, the wine, the wine was about Brian Cage, and, it's, and, and Matthew said, Brian Cage may be God in disguise. Yeah, that's I, and I did hear that on when I was going back watching it, too, and I kind of threw me back a little because that was a perfect Don Gallus line. But the um, as long as we're on announcers real quick before we move on to anything else, is there a worse announcer in the world right now than Percy Watson? No. Oh, my God. And that's why, and that's why, I'm, and that's why I'm so glad that uh, that he just is that he just shuts up most of the time. <laughs> that it's usually just um, Ronaldo and and McGinnis talking because when he opens his mouth, I mean, and and the, and the sad thing is about how bad he is is that he's actually gotten better <laughs> than he used to be. He's still terrible, but at least you can listen to him now and and almost think that he has some intelligence, whereas before it was just terrible. So. Well, because I'm back in October still watching uh, NXT episodes. Right? I'm closing in on War Games, and it just was – I don't know what it is, but it's just not good. <laughs> it's, he just comes up with some of the most random shit, and it has nothing to do with anything anyone's talking about. I, I don't know. Dude needs a lot of work. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Well, like I told you, I, mean, I know you haven't got there yet, but in the War Games um, World Championship match with uh, – Dream challenging Champa. Dream gets Dream puts Champa in a figure four around the leg post, and Champa's tapping out. and And Watson um, Watson thinks that um, the referee should call the match because of Champa tapping out to an illegal move. So. Yeah, so he's he's that bad and he's that stupid. But he's but you know another year or two he might actually um, be good because like I said he was he was completely and totally unlistenable to like two years ago. I he's completely unlistenable to right now. Yeah, well, and I also have to say that I think McGinnis has gotten a lot better in the last couple of years too. I mean, well, he, he was he was good to start with, but now he, he's become great. He started to get good toward the end of his Ring of Honor run. But he's he's kind of hit a whole new level now with NXT, right? Um, yeah, and actually, and actually, they're going to have a. Um, I want to say it's I want to say it's this coming Saturday after the NXT UK tournament. They're going to have or uh, NXT UK Takeover show. They're going to air a one hour Nigel McGuinness retrospective special on WWE Network. How can they do that when all of his work was with um, Ring of Honor and Impact? I'm well. I'm hoping that it's either him just talking about his career, or that they 
they've actually managed to license some footage for it. I, they've done that I, before. I, you know, they, they, did, they did that for Daniel Bryan's shows. Um, twenty. They did it for Daniel Bryan's DVD, and they did it for CM Punk's DVD. Where they got some Ring of Honor stuff? Yeah, they got some Ring of Honor stuff. Well, I, I, I don't know. I loved his run in Impact as Desmond Wolf. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just have our, I guess I've always liked him. So I'm interested to see how that, that works out, considering he's never actually wrestled for WWE. Well, and I, and I think his 2008 run to Supercard of Honor 2009 is one of the best 16 months any wrestler has ever had. Yeah, that's true. That was a good run. Anyway, I don't think we've even really touched about talked about this Kushida Ishimori match yet. No, we, no, we, we got stuck on the entrance. <laughs> which, which was great. It was great. Um, Ishimori, I love his bloody cross finisher. That might be one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I one thing that I that I really thought was awesome in the match, and and this was the very this is the very end of it, so I don't want to um, I don't want to shortchange the rest of it. But um, if you remember back to when um, Kushida beat Bushi, and when Kushida beat Skrull, I was telling you that I thought it was really dumb that Kushida keeps went for that he hit the um, the time machine and then rolled rolled out of it and, and hit a second time machine to win instead of just using you know the finisher one time to win the match. And this time he does it, and he gets, and he loses the match because of it. right you know he, he you know he does the time machine rolls. Um, or is it the Back to the Future? Back to the Future. I'm sorry. And then, and then Back he rolls, to the Future. And then he rolls into it to do it again. It gets blocked, and he gets beat with the bloody cross right in the middle of the ring by Ishimori. So it's 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 like he um, he's too in love with that move to let it go, and it and it ends up costing him the championship in this. Room. And has he ever gotten anything successful out of the hoverboard? Yeah, he's won. He's he's won a few matches. Has he? Because I. I haven't seen it. I all I've seen, uh, every time I see it, it, it reminds me too much of um, the figure four now, where it just seems to always get. It never seems to actually work, and it always seems to get countered. Well, if you remember, that was one of my major complaints about him winning the the junior heavyweight championship back from Takahashi. Is that Takahashi had, had come in to the company so much on fire, had beaten him in the rematch in like two minutes, and yet after he won best of the super junior, Takahashi ended up tapping out it. Dominion to lose the championship to him. Yeah, I don't you know, remember he, that. You know, he, you know, he had won Best of the Super Junior by, um, you know, by having this great um, new finisher, the Back to the Future, and instead of instead of actually beating Takahashi with that, Takahashi ended up tapping out to um, plus the uh, hoverboard. I don't. I yeah. I guess I don't remember that, but it's. I agree with you. It's the. The Back to the Future is a decent finisher. I still wouldn't say it's great, but it's a decent, decent finisher, much better than the hoverboard. I've always loved the small package driver. I just think it's dumb that he, um, he just may not have the, the right body type to hit it properly, or you know, full yeah. impact. Because I, because I thought, because when that was um, Tyler Black's finisher with, as God's last gift, I thought that was that was the best finisher in wrestling. Yeah, that is a good one. That really is, but you know, and like you said, not to shortchange this match. They had a this was a really decent match. Yeah. I mean, I I probably four stars for me or four Garganos for me, um, <laughs> but it 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 hit on every mark. It hit exactly what we thought it was going to, and there wasn't a whole ton of build up to it, which was even more entertaining. 
And really right. the only built really the only build up to it was Tanahashi hitting him in the back with a crutch. Yeah, the only, to me the only thing that could have made, that could have made this match better would have been if Takahashi came out and um and challenged Ishimori at the end of it. You know, I mean, I mean, I realize that we don't know if Takahashi's even still healthy or not, but if he had come out right at the end of that match and challenged Ishimori, I think that would have been a spectacular moment. Yeah, it would have been. Um, but, um, I... but yeah, I mean, the match itself I thought was great. Um, I don't, I, I don't think there's any spots in there that they missed. Um, I thought Ishimori was perfect. Um, Kushida was his usual great self, and he and he even hit his he even hit that overhand. Um, Hideo punch that he that he um, that, that he more no sold. Yeah, well, that, that, but I love that I love that hit so, that punch so much, you know, and right. uh, and for him to and he hit that in, which I he hasn't hit like in quite a while. I can't remember the last time I saw him actually hit that move. Um, yeah, I, I thought this match was great. I, I may even have been the five stars that we were hoping for, but um, but yeah, it was it, it was really good. And, and I you gave it four. I probably am at four and a half with it. But um, my my only real negative about it is besides that um, punch that Ishimori no sold, and then the finisher, the the last you know the um, Back to the Future roll through into the bloody cross. There was nothing that really stood out from the match. Other than that, it just seemed like a fluid match that just kind of went the way it went. Yeah, I, I guess that's yeah. a good point. That I mean, that's my only complaint about it. And you think I mean, I've heard so much about Taiji Ichimori. I've been watching him on Impact. Dude's good, and we all know Kushida's good. So I, I just kind of expected a little more, especially out of a junior heavyweight match, than than what we got. A little more high spots, maybe some some more memorable moments. Like if you look at every one of these other matches, there's, well, I guess take out that one that heavyweight tag match, there were memorable moments constantly throughout them. And this one just didn't happen. That's actually a very good point because when we, when we look back, you know, we, we can, we can pick out moments from um, Takahashi versus Kushida from two years ago, from the four way match last year, um, from, you know, from Takahashi's two matches with Osprey last year, from, from Osprey versus Skrull, from Skrull versus Kushida, Kushida versus Bushi, yeah, I, I can see. I can see your point in this one. Yeah, it's, this is really the first time during a um, junior heavyweight match where I've sat there and went, "What happened?" You know, where nothing really, really stood out. So I don't know. That was that was just my take on it. Is that it? Just it just there was nothing, and I don't expect that from those kinds of matches. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I do think that if we'd gotten the match that was originally planned, we would we would be talking about this one in match of the year contention. You know, if it was Ishimori versus Takahashi. You know, we should have been checking our um, our. Uh, <laughs> okay, Ryan told us to swap Defiant for Progress, and he also he chimed in that we it was Jordan Devlin we were looking for like ten minutes before we actually figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan's on the ball today. Oh, he recommends a uh, Try that Devlin versus progress show. He recommended a Dunn versus uh, um, Devlin match too for us to watch. I see that. Which could be great. Dunn, I'm really impressed with. I want to see him and Zack Saber Jr. badly. 
Who, Don? Don and yeah. Saber Jr.? I want to see those two together just badly because they've got such similar styles. It would be fun to see who gets the upper hand. Well, if you noticed in the uh, the, the uh, British Heavyweight Championship match, um, Kevin Kelly had mentioned that the first time that, that Zack Sabre Jr. won the title was against AJ Styles. So I want to go back and watch that match now. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down as soon as I heard it because it's like, okay, I've got to watch that match now. Yeah, I mean, I because mean, we we're, we're both huge AJ Styles fans. And to see him against somebody the quality of Zack Sabre Jr. is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Right. But, um, I, yeah, no, I mean, no, other than that, I, I love the match. I just, I don't know why, but nothing really stood out. We, yeah, why don't, we probably should take a break. We haven't, we haven't taken our commercial break yet. So why don't we take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about um, the other, what, five matches on the card. Okay, and welcome back to Wrestle Kingdom, and we're running down our thoughts on, um, I, I, actually, welcome back to Kingdom of Honor, <laughs> we're running, running down our thoughts on uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, actually, it's going quite a bit quicker than I expected it to, Jeff, but like you said, this could, probably because we're both kind of out of it. Um, well, yeah, this, this show has been more of a mess than normal. Yeah, but, you know, that's what we do. So. <laughs> and we, we did do... Um, so we, we already talked about the Cody versus uh, Juice Robinson match. So yeah. let's go to the heavyweight tag title match. I'm happy Sonata and Evil won it. I'm glad that uh, G.O.D. looked decent in it, but I the, the addition of the Young Bucks kind of took me out of it. I just don't felt like they ever belonged there. Right, but did we really want to see a rematch of that terrible piece of shit from King from uh, the World Tag League Finals? Not really, and I guess that it was a way to keep uh, God looking strong too, like having the Bucks take the pin. Right, I mean the God had a five star match against the Bucks at uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, and they and the Bucks had two five star matches against Sonata and Evil during the year. So, so for them to be added to the match, I think, really um, did a lot, really made the match a lot better than what it would have been. That is probably true. I, I did, I did like the tag in um, that Evil gave uh, Tom and Tonga at the beginning of the match. That was uh, that was pretty brilliant, where he went to shake Tom and Tonga's hand and then just pulled him out of the ring. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about this Tomatonga Tongaloa being trying to be good guys now? You, you think this is a, a you think this is a uh, a trick, or I mean, do you think they're really trying to go good? And we're going to see kind of like with uh, Yano last year when he tried to be tried to go fair play and he just couldn't do it. What do you think? What do you think the deal is with this? I think Cause, it was because they, they didn't do any cheating in the match at all. But they weren't really in the match though. I mean, the majority of the match was between Lij and the Bucks. After Tonga, Tama Tonga got tagged out, he wasn't in the match again for probably, it was only a 10-minute match, and he was a good five minutes before they made it back in. Well, it could be, but I mean, if if, if you remember, like, um, Giotto, who looked fucking awesome, by the way, <laughs> I, loved what he, I loved his getup with, you know, with the, with the full skull face paint and everything. That was just amazing. That makeup job he, he had was 
I thought he looked creepy as hell and the, just awesome. The, the fractured skull. Yeah, that was just yeah, that, that was, was amazing. It was um, uh, was entertaining. Yeah, but uh, you know he got in the ring and was going to hit. Um, I think it was Nick with the uh, with the uh, kendo stick, and you know Fale got in his way and wouldn't let him do it. And it wasn't until or no, it was it was Matt because it wasn't until Nick went flying off the ropes to attack. Folly that Folly kind of got pissed off and started trying to trying to fight back. So it, it was it was very interesting that they're that they do seem to like they're at least trying you know they're at least trying very desperately to put on a uh, a show that they're going good whether they're actually going good or not I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Looking at what happened during New Year's Dash, I think you might change your mind, but I I think I agree with you. I don't have a mind it, to change. I just told you I'm not sure what's uh, going on. It did kind of um, it did kind of seem weird when Fale got in to stop that. You know, and the other thing I noticed about this match too is it just Matt and Nick would usually shine in this kind of match, and they just kind of didn't seem really a part of it. I thought you they just got done saying like an hour ago that that they did a great job of making the other two teams look strong in this one. They did. Of making them look strong, but they in in turn they didn't have any of their spots that they would normally have. Oh, that's a good point. They didn't yeah. they didn't have any of their time where they would normally have shown. And other than the one, there was one moment in the middle of the match where um, they did their where Nick pop, or Matt pops up Nick for the knee uh, the knee to the face or whatever. That other than that one spot, they just really didn't do any of their normal stuff. Uh, they did the super kicks. Yeah, but it wasn't to the extent that they do. It wasn't the actual party. I don't. It just it just seemed like they were kind of out of place throughout the whole match. But they did they did do a good job considering they're the best in the world. They did a good job of making the other two look really good. Yeah, they did, and and like you and like you said, not only did um, did Evil kind of sucker Tomatonga into to to taking the tag, but he also was very smart about it afterwards by just throwing Matt out of the ring and throwing slamming him down on the on the ramp t- to exacerbate Matt's injury even more. You know, I mean that uh and then Callus was I loved Callus's call on that too. I mean he he is just so good at color. Um where he was like like uh Nick has been covering for Matt for the last year because of this because of this back injury and I don't know how much longer he can keep covering for him and how much longer he can keep carrying the team. You know yeah. that that was that was just perfect color commentary right there. Right, it was, and I I don't know if I'm starting to wonder if that back injury is real. Well, I I, I think that's uh, that's the fact that you're wondering that, and I'm wondering that is just maybe a great another great example of why Matt Jackson was our wrestler of the year. That's true, but uh, for it to continue on now we're into the new year, and it's it, well it's exact been exactly 365 days since he heard it, you know and to still have that injury. I just wonder if that's going to be a part of uh, all elite too, if that injury is still going to be there. Possibly, but I mean, he hasn't really, she doesn't really uh, seem like when you're watching being the elite that his back is injured. And that's, that's just it. He does during um, any of his matches in both ring of honor and new Japan, but then he doesn't. It's, it's, it's to a point where I'm actually starting to wonder if it's a legit injury or not. That's how good, um, I guess that's how good he is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how good he is. I don't I don't think he would I think he would take be taking more time off than what he 
has if it was a legit injury. And and really, if it was legit injury, the couple of months he had off, like you know, from wrestling, probably would have helped him heal that. And I don't know if and I don't know if you'd really go on a on a full tour of ten day tour of Europe if your back is is really to the point where you can where you can barely wrestle. You know, so I I think he's I think he's just that good at selling it personally. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. But the, in this match here, they picked the right winners again. Uh, Sonata and Evil deserve the win. It helps out the stable. It just And I guess I didn't... I, I got to watch more, see if G.O.D. continues their face turn. But even when Bullet Club was face, it wasn't them that were. It was all the elite. Right. Uh, oh, speaking of which, what did you think of their outfits? I... I liked them all. Um, I liked both theirs and um, I still think evil might have the best interests in wrestling right now. He's right up there with the undertaker, classic undertaker stuff. And I loved, uh, I, I did like uh, God's outfits too. Yeah, I did too. I and thought they were masks. really cool. Yeah. And they're masked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're almost, they were almost like a uh, evil power Rangers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of too. I, I looked at him like, is he wearing a Power Rangers mask? Then it looked like uh, it might have been a Iron Man mask that uh, Tamatango was wearing. But yeah, I thought that too. They looked they looked a lot like Power Rangers. Yeah, I, I did. I did also catch that when they were coming to the ring that Kevin Kelly um, had them had them in the wrong order. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but he said he said like something like Tamatanga in the blue and his his uh, younger brother Tangaloa in the in the red, and that that actually was not the case. he he called them both Tamatanga. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> he said Tamatanga's in the blue, and his brother Tamatanga is also wearing red, or is wearing red. Ah, uh, okay. So and Don Callis did catch it because he went what, and then they just kind of quickly moved on. <laughs> So I, that was that was a rare misstep by Kevin Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Don was probably like, "What was was that JR saying that?" <laughs> probably. <laughs> was it this match that they were talking about their time in uh, the WWE? No, it was um, later on. It was during the um, Naito Jericho match when they were talking about their time in the WWF in '97 with the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels backstage fights and everything. It, Kevin Kelly literally admitted to a few things that we that everybody has thought have been um, just kind of kayfabe forever, or about what? kind of kind of work about some of their backstage hair pulling fights and things like that. Oh yeah, he mentioned those as being you know, and, and forever people have always thought those were a work, but it, it was almost like oh, I did. Some of them I did. Some of them I didn't. No, I think I think I think it's amazing how well um, Steve Austin and Bret Hart portrayed having hatred for each other when really those guys were friends, you know. Well, that's a lot of times. And they... and, and 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 you know and you know and you know Bret was just doing everything he could to put Austin over because he because he saw the, how much promise he had. Well, it was the same thing with Orton and Cena during their feud. They acted like they hated each other and were best friends throughout the whole thing. I didn't know they were best friends. Well, maybe not best friends, but they were really good friends. I mean, Orton was one of um, Cena's biggest advocates. I had no idea. But uh, you know, but I, I, but I mean, Austin and and Bret had like one of you know this incredible blood feud. So, 
You know, I, I wouldn't say Cena and Orton had a blood feud personally, but no, they just I, happened I think, to being event every every pay per view for six years, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where nobody ever wanted to see them together again. Yeah, to the to, to the point where the uh, Philadelphia crowd took over the um, hijacked the show even before Daniel Bryan didn't show up in the Royal Rumble. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But um. But anyway, I mean, yeah, this like you said, this was only like a ten minute match. I I, I guess I didn't even I guess I guess thinking back on it, I can I can believe this was only a ten minute match. But yeah, I mean, I I really I I thought it was good. Um, and I and I do think that it's a great idea that they that they push the reset button. On uh, I mean, I don't really, really usually like when organizations do that, but in this case, you know, they they had even so that I go you know the goal of the full year. They you know they they um. You know they won the World Tag League again. They won the tag team titles back, and hopefully they they can have the kind of run with them now without injury, like they like they couldn't quite do last year. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see where God goes from here. And right, and like, and like you said, God didn't take the pinfall, so they they got an easy claim to having a, a, another shot at those titles. Exactly, and maybe we'll see we'll see more if they continue to be these. Like, when have you ever seen Tama Tonga, uh, Tonga accept a handshake, ever? And for him just to reach out and shake Evil's hand like that? Right. You know, so, I, I don't know. I, it's uh, interesting. I want to see where it goes from here. I yeah. think this match I think this match could have been better. It's still a four-star match, but I think it could have been better had the Bucks actually had some time to shine and not just kind of been everybody's whipping post. Yeah, at the, at the same time, then the, then the show probably would have been longer, and they may they may have had um, the same kind of time limitations that All In had on the Fight TV app because this, this was the first time that they have ever broadcast um, Wrestle Kingdom on Fight. Oh, right. So they, so they might have that. so they might have had stipulations on there that they didn't that they haven't had in the past that they don't have on their own streaming service. Well, maybe that makes sense. But, because you know, because those last few matches really took up the, you know more time than than anything else, didn't they? Well, the last match with entrances and the post match uh, was over an hour, and then uh, Naito Jericho was twenty two minutes of ring time, and they had you know entrances and everything too. So, you know, that was an hour and a half in the last two matches. Right, and and I remember that um, looking at at, the, at my watch after the. Um, Okada white match and seeing that there was only there was like an hour and a half left to go um, before it got before it got to four hours for the main card I should say right um, how and how long was the white Okada match that was uh, fourteen minutes that was only fourteen minutes yeah wow yeah never that's what I was saying never guess that that's the same thing we kind of said about ZSJ versus uh, Gresham right. Yeah, we did, didn't we? It just it didn't seem that short. It just really didn't. That's what she said. Want me to ask her? <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> oh. oh, speaking of which, I, I, I watched that being the elite um, yesterday, where um, Paige is all pissed off because the. Uh, the rest of the elite are have been praising Joey Ryan and said he was basically nothing. And then he says that, and during the middle of his rant, he says, "And Marty, you, your your dick is even two inches when it's 
hard. <laughs> and then he walks away, and Marty says, "Guys, it's at least three inches." <laughs> I, <laughs> I promise. Oh, that show was so good. I, I'm. It's going to make me sad not having Marty on there for a while. Why do you want Marty on there? Well, I mean, they've got four months before his contract's up. He's been on the show the entire time with this con- with, the, with under contract to Ring of Honor. I don't see why he wouldn't be anymore. It's not a Ring of Honor produced show. No, but are they going to be still hanging out like they were, traveling they together like they were? They fucking better be still hanging around, hanging around with each other. Well, I'm sure they probably will, just not like they were. Yeah, and and if not, then he might he they might just do um, you know, he might just have different segments on there like Kenny did when he was in Japan and the other guys were in the United, United States, you know. Oh, doing his maybe they can write him off and he can become a singer again. <laughs> Get his contract back. Oh, that was the other great part about that episode is is uh, the uh, you know they've had um, the best friends have been being assholes to everybody, right. and they're trying, they're kind of like glaring at him on stage, and then Chucky's like, you know, he's he's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that Cause whole because you just think they're gonna they're gonna do something to cause you know a scene or something, but you know, Chucky's just like, yeah, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> Has he gotten his contract yet? In what in what you're watching? Who? Marty Skrull. No. He hasn't gotten his music contract yet. His what? He got a music contract. No, he has not. No, I have not seen okay. that yet. All right, it, it's you're you're getting to a point now where ninety percent of all in is explained to you. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is, and that's why I haven't gone back and watched all in again. So here I'll watch it again after I see all these storylines. There's there's plus, a plus lot all of this damn, plus all this damn other wrestling you're making me watch. Yeah. There's a yeah okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of parts of it that like um, the black machismo then gets explained. Um, the the finger breaking with the guys, the two guys, Arthur and um, whatever that were pointing at Marty gets explained. There's a lot of there's the Joey Ryan storyline gets explained a little more. So you're in for a treat watching the next few episodes. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I told my wife like last weekend that I only had like thirty some episodes left to watch, and she said, "Only thirty some episodes, huh?" And I said, "Well, yeah, but it was there's like a hundred and forty something of them." And she's like, "Oh, yeah." During during Christmas week, I binged a lot and got caught up. Yeah, I know you did, and, and I'll get I'll get there eventually. All right, so let's move on to the British Heavyweight Championship match. Um. And this one didn't get the you know the the time that I thought they were going to get and and it didn't end up being and for that reason it didn't end up being as great as I wanted it to be but it was still a really good match um, and the and the move that Z, that Saber used to finish the match I thought was just like the most painful thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> you know he's got he's got an octopus on the ground and then he traps the other arm in, of Ishii so it's it, like Ishii had like absolutely nowhere to go and nothing to do other than just submit. He couldn't even tap out because his arms his arms were locked up so hard. He had to actually um, nod that he was giving up, and and that's only the second time I think in to, in Ishii's career that he's tapped that he's submitted, and that was and they were both in the Zack Saber Junior. Yeah, yeah. Susan's distracted me. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> I said they didn't get the time that I was expecting them to get, but it was still a really a great match. Um, and then that, the, but the finish I thought was the most painful look, looking move I've ever seen, that, because it was yeah. an octopus hold on the ground where Ishii's arms are both trapped and he was being 
like stretched like out of his neck or something. Yeah, there was a lot of like really interesting parts of this match with ZSJ is just so good and smooth and fluid and everything he does. And I love Taka, his introduction again, as always. Um, Ishii looked like he took some hard hits, which we're used to seeing Ishii do, but there were a few things that, there were a few moments in this where I was like just shocked at what was happening. Yeah. Go ahead. I did. Lost my train of thought again. You said when? I yeah, and then I forgot again. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's more distracting than Arlo. <laughs> I just heard her say something, but I couldn't hear what she said. Uh, she she said it wasn't her. Uh huh. Um. What was I going to say? Oh yes, so Saber. You know, there was there were some parts in this match where Saber was out striking Ishii, and some parts where where Ishii was out wrestling um, Saber. And it, and it looked at the beginning like Saber was going to be in that in one of those spots against Ishii, like he has been before, where he just can't hold it, hold the um, submission hold on him. But Ishii, but he ended up just wearing Ishii down enough where he was able to finally get him in that octopus and beat him. And and that's actually after surviving some of those vicious Ishii chops right to the damn throat that looked like they would you know break somebody's windpipe. Yeah, and he, I mean, it was kind of refreshing to see Ishii actually wrestle, not just punch people. But at the same time, it was kind of odd. I I, I loved the match just to begin with, but Zack Saber was his normal self. Ishii was his normal self. They were both top five in our wrestlers of the year for a reason. And I think they showed it here. Why? Because right. they, adap- they adapted to each other so fluidly. Yeah, and they and they always do it. And what this and what this actually sets up also is, um, there's already been the match signed for March with CSJ taking on Pac, and so this probably opens it up to be a, a, a British Heavyweight Championship match between those two, and maybe Pac getting that title. Is Pac just a free agent like Abushi is? Uh, I, I think he's under contract to, dra- Dragon. to Dragon Gate, but he but he's, but he's but he's but he's got the kind of contract where he can wrestle other places as. But I, I think it's like I think it's like one of those contracts where it's a set number of dates, not necessarily um, specific times and places he has to be there. He is, and so, he, uh, and so we can free, so he's free to wrestle in other organizations as well. Well, because I thought he was like the one of the, uh, he had a title belt Dragon Gate. But then I saw he was being announced for the next Defiant shows, one of the next ones coming up here. And then he was yeah. announced for an MLW show. So I don't know what's happening with him. Yeah, he's, he's, he does have a championship in, in Dragon Gate, but because of the way his contract is structured, he can wrestle pr- pretty much anywhere else that he wants to. Just, not, just probably not like WWE. You know. I just wish they all had contracts like that. Everybody, WWE included. Yeah, I don't think WWE would ever agree to something like that. No, and I'm I'm kind of okay with it because the WWE style is so much different than the rest of the world um, that it would be too far fetched. Uh, but it, it's I, I wish that all these independent organizations would end up letting either have working agreements with people or or do um, those type of contracts where they can go work other places, kind of like what Impact has too. 
Right, and and I think that's I think that's really for the best. I mean, I I really wish that um, Impact and Ring of Honor would stop seeing each other as competition rather than um, you trying to collaborate more with each other. Because I mean, we, yeah, we see we saw Austin Aries show up at in Ring of Honor, and we saw um, we saw you know both in, both Ring of Honor and Impact stars at All In. But I mean, really, it's it's they they hardly ever interact with each other, and I think that's a shame. I think that that really those two those two guys put those two te- even if they did like a, like one time a year like like with with what New Japan does with Ring of Honor, where where they're having matches with um, ROA stars taking on Impact stars, it would be awesome. Kind of like a Global Wars type thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I I would like to see. I, I want to see what's going to happen though with All Elite. Because it seems like Cody and the Bucks have good relationships with every promotion out there, right? You know, so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to tie all that in and work with the NWA and work with Ring of Honor and work with New Japan and Impact and so on. So I, I just I'm excited for this now, a lot more excited than I was two months ago. Right, and I'm wondering if they're going to sign people to contracts or if they're going to um, let them do per diem like let normal. Yeah, exactly. Right, let them do per diem, or if they're going to have a hybrid of that where they have they have contracts, but they're not exclusive contracts. You know, things like that. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously the Bucks and Cody are going to be exclusive to them, but you know, and are they really? I mean, I probably well, yeah, because yeah, exclusive, got... exclusive is probably the wrong word, but you know. They, they I mean, have, they're gonna. They do have solid, solid full-time contracts with them. Right. Yeah. And well, I mean, they're the bosses, so you know they're gonna have all kinds of other work to do. It's not just gonna be going out and preparing for a show anymore. Um, right. So, I mean, as, I but, mean, as far as I know, the people that are under contract to AEW right now are Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Brandy, and Mrs. Matt. Yeah. And Mrs. Matt is doing the production stuff or helping with uh, the production stuff, I thought. The marketing stuff, I think. That's what she's uh, been doing for Matt oh, yeah. the last couple of years. You know? Yeah, that's true. Well, and then, I mean, when you look at all these other rumored names, some of them make sense, like uh, Anderson and Gallows make sense because their contract's up in January. Um, and AJ and Nakamura? AJ, AJ's got another year. I think Nakamura's up in April. Yeah, but those those are two more that have been rumored too. Right, but I'm just saying, you know, you look at some of these guys, and it's like, okay, they've got they're under contract for another year, year and a half. Where you've got other guys who are like, oh yeah, that makes sense because they're up in the next month or so. I would think I would think Nakamura's up in the next month or so too. I or thought, no, or no, I he, no he his first match. You're right. His first match was in April, and it was a three month contract. So yeah, you're probably right. It's up probably up end of March, beginning of April. That's what I thought too. Is that yeah. it, he went through April, and I know AJ's through. Uh, I want to say it's through this year, because his he signed one year, his first year, and then he came back and two year, and he's in his third year now. So, yeah, that's probably right. Damn it! <laughs> oh, believe me, I'd love to see AJ get away from the Iron Curtain. That would make me that would make me very happy, but unfortunately, I don't see it happening for a while. AJ Styles' contract with WWE expires April 2019. Really, I thought he was signed through through the year. I thought he re-upped. 
All right, but I wonder if he just did like Nakamura did, did a three-month contract and then signed a year after that. There's currently in contract negotiations right now, this says. AJ, turn it down. Yeah. Turn it down. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? Because he's already done, he's already done everything he can do with WWE, really. Except and, main event to WrestleMania. That's the only thing left, and you're not going to main event to WrestleMania as long as the part-timers are still involved. Right. There's no way that AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins will ever main event WrestleMania again because they are not over 40 years. They're not over 45, and they work full-time. Well, and they also aren't seven foot tall with uh, muscles bulging out. You know, they don't look like Jason Momoa, basically. <laughs> you just started Susie drooling by saying that, didn't you? I, I did. I did. She's, I can hear her drooling from the other room right now. <laughs> Drip. Drip. I will not be repeating that. Um, the, she actually yeah. wants to go to Aquaman this afternoon, so we're probably doing that. So I'll tell you how it is. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I heard it was terrible. Did you? I heard it was one of the top, um, better DC movies. Yeah, and what the what is the competition again? Well, they've got some decent movies. I like the Justice League movie. Oh, that was fun. I the best one they've had so far is Batman vs Superman, which I also thought was good. But I did enjoy the Justice League movie. And Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman was good too. Uh no, it was okay. It wasn't good. <sighs> but, I think, I think my, but I think my list and I are going to go see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I already said her name. Whatever. Um, we're gonna. I think we're going to go see Escape Room tonight. Yeah, I've heard that's good too. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, I, talk, I was talking to John Reed, and he said that. Uh, um, you know, your your uh, your brother. I, I was talking to him, and <laughs> he said that. Uh, yeah, that Aquaman was not very good. He said he'd maybe he said he'd maybe give it a five out of ten. Maybe. Yeah, is he a Marvel fan though, or is he a comic book fan though? Yes. Oh, that disappoints well, me. Well, he's a, well, he's a comic movie fan at least. Well, maybe I'll go and drool over Jason Momoa Jason too. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Still get something yeah. out of it. Yeah, I was nice enough to show her a picture of Roman Reigns the other day, by the way. Just so you. Just oh, were you? Thank, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I already hear enough about Seth Rollins. I don't need to hear more about Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she was saying that uh, she saw Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and I was telling her that my wife is like Dean Ambrose more. And she said, nah, Seth Rollins has that more like Jason Momoa look. And I said, Google Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, described, I described Roman Reigns to her, um, and she just went, ooh. Like, well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> Well, at least you, at least he, at least he has cancer right now, so you can take you can take solace in that. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> what is wrong with you? So many things, brother. So oh, think, many things. Now we're finally hitting our stride, and we're two hours in. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't we can't always be on. Sure, we can. Okay. We are when we're not on the microphones. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I, I, think, I think my uh, I think my kratom might finally be kicking in all the way. Oh well, that that's probably what's doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably it. 
Um, so, so anyway, yeah. I, mean, this, this, I mean, this was a very good match. You know, the the, the Saber versus Ishii match. I just, I just think that it was, um, it, it could have gotten more time. And, and it's, you know, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think it could have, with the fact that they were wrestling as hard as they were. It was the same thing with the the first match that I don't know if we're even gonna get time to talk about. It just it when I looked at it and saw eighteen we still have minutes. Half an hour left. We should get to it. When I looked at it and the, saw that it went 18 minutes, I'm like, those two beat the shit out of each other for 18 minutes? It just didn't seem possible. And with the way ZSJ and Ishii were, were beating each other up was another one where I was like, I, I, I'm glad this only went 10 minutes. Well, see, the thing is that, that you know, we talked about how on the card there was, you know, there was matches on there, a lot of matches on there that we didn't realize how long or how short they were. Right. This one to me felt short and the opening match to me felt long. So, um, so those are the two exceptions to me on this card. Right. I guess that does make sense. This one could have, it really could have benefited from some more time, some little more in between the big shots and the big spots than it did. But, um, I don't know. I thought it was still a good match. Oh yeah, definitely good. I just, I, you know, and the, and and I really should start learning from from the past on these things because if you remember back at New Beginning Osaka in 2017, it was Zack Sabre Jr. challenging Kazuyori Shibata for the British Heavyweight Championship at that point, and and we were both, and I think we, you and I both thought we were looking at going to look at a five star classic. Well, they ended up just the end of the match basically ended started um, the match ended with they were just warming up, so it ended up only being like a four star match. Maybe right. four and a half, and and so I think I think it's just simply that that British heavyweight championship match are not regularly going to get, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes on a New Japan card. I mean, this was not as good as their match that they had on Rep Pro. No. This, uh, but they also had more time on Rep Pro too. So. Right, and 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 you know Ishii is one of those guys that, I mean, I think Saber's always on, but Ishii is one of those guys where, you know. It's 15 minutes into the match, and he's, he's just starting to get warmed up. Well, and he's, he always needs to have those um, spots in the middle of the match where they're just standing off and punching each other, and he didn't really get that here. Right. Isn't that you what know, Bobby Heenan always used to say about Haku? He doesn't get, go, he doesn't get going until there's 15 minutes gone in the match? Yeah. Or was that, that, was that, uh, was that Greg <laughs> Valentine? Uh, I think that was Haku. Okay. And that, but that was completely true. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I feel about Ishii, too. You know. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. He's got to be going 10 minutes or so at least before he's, he's really warmed up and fired up. That's, that's well, what I said. He, um, like I said, he, he needs to have certain spots that weren't in this match. He right. needs to have those standoff spots. He needs to have those test of strength spots, and he didn't have those this time. Right. At least I didn't think so. Uh, I agree. All right, so let's move on to the junior heavyweight tag team title match. And uh, this was the match where Jeff, where Jeff was crying in his beer because Sho and Yo, his his boyfriends, did not win the championships. And they should have. In fact, they got pinned. Yes, I know. Which, unfortunately, leads to Kanemaru and Desperado having um, a title rematch. Is it unfortunate, though? <sighs> yes. They're the, longest that... reigning, they're the longest reigning team in the last... 20 years or so and 
and uh, they they carried the division for most of the year. With you know they they did have four championship defenses, which apparently was more than the previous team that held that had the record. So I mean they they really were an outstanding junior heavyweight tag team champion. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, it, this match was only six minutes, so it really didn't have the time to get what we wanted out of it. Um, again, another junior junior heavyweight match where you're expecting to see these amazing high spots and you don't see them. You know, both the junior matches on this were were that kind of match. Yeah, and it actually felt like Shingo was there was in there the entire six minutes. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, the spot with uh, Bushi shooting the mist and Desperado with the um, uh, whiskey was pretty fun. Yeah. And Yo, is it Yo or is it Show? I don't remember. The gold one. Show. show. Yeah. He is insanely strong. Yes, he is. It, it, like insanely strong. But it was, you know, it was Shingo. It looked like this was just a match to let Shingo shine. Um, I, I think you're right. I think he is destined for other things. I, I, I did call this match that they were going to win it to get him some gold. No, but no, th- no. You said Sho and you were going to win. That Shingo was going to be was not going to win was not going to win the gold because he was going to be moving on to the to singles singles sooner than later. Yeah, that's that's right. I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. So it was it was me that said that. You called them as winning this. I did. And I just, I mean, this was just another example, though, of why Shingo's going to be off on his own soon. Because he, yeah. he was dominant this entire match. He looked yeah. like he was five levels ahead of everybody else in it. And I think this needs to be an example of why Sho and Yo leave um, Chaos and join Jay White. Yeah, I do too. And I, I remember saying that when we first thought that Chaos was going to turn heel, that a heel turn by Yo and Show or Show and Yo or whatever we're going to go with um, would have been is the best thing that can happen to them. I agree. So and, I think, and and, and, and I mean, I mean, once again they try um, Rocky Romero's way. Once again they come out on the short end of the stick, and this time, you know, they actually get are, end up taking the pinfall. So they really they really have no claim to a a junior heavyweight tag team title shot, except for the fact there's hardly any teams in that division. <laughs> well, and I mean, there's only like four teams in that division and it still took them a year to build up to it again. Right. After they lost it last year, you know, so it, it just, I, I don't know. I, I see Shingo moving on sooner than later. I, I really hope Sho and Yo do make a heel turn and join Jay White. Um, that was one of the things I was hoping for. And one of the things that I said would benefit them greatly. Um, hopefully it'll happen now. Yeah, I hope so too. I think that I think that'd be amazing. Um, you know, I I realize that I don't like spoilers and that you've read read over what happened at Dash, but have they revealed who the mole is in chaos at, at Dash? No, it was more of a bullet club thing. <sighs> That's so stupid. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I realize that I realize that that New Japan likes the the slow burn, but it's it's almost it's almost like it's they've forgotten about it now at this point. I, it's. Right now, I'm hoping it's Yo and Sho. <laughs> I really am. I, even, even Rocky, when he came out and jumped on the microphone, just annoyed me. You know, and it was one of the, you know, I guess I can't say one of the few times, but it, um, you know, Don Callis had mentioned how annoying he is, and then he jumps on the microphone, and he was just annoying. You know, it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I think it's time for Rocky to maybe Take a not... Yeah, yeah. Either be an announcer or be a manager. One or the other. 
Um, you can't be both. Because he, uh, Callis was calling him out on his management, uh, how he's done a disservice to show and yell and how he hasn't gotten them the heights they should have been because he's too busy working on merchandise and, and um, announcing and stuff like that. And it makes sense. So, I mean, that would be a seed for them to turn. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that, um, you know, we were talking before about how if the, especially if the elite and New Japan don't come to you know, a working arrangement, which I think they will, but in case they, they don't, they, they're going to need to build up more guys. And I think Sho and Yo are two guys that are primed for those positions. You know, I mean, I mean, yes, they're they're currently juniors, but it would not. But both the, both guys have that kind of body style, where it would not take them much to get much to add more um, more muscle mass to them and to build up to be heavyweights. And I think I think Show especially is going to be a major star for that promotion in the next I mean, within the next four to five years. And I think Yo is going to be one of those workhorse mid card guys that are really holding up that inter, that never intercontinental title division. So I, I think gonna, that those guys are really going to be excellent for that company going forward. Yeah, and I, I mean, I kind of said it last year, and they were very close to being on my most improved list. Um, very close as a tag team because, and I think they did make my most improved list. Or if they I didn't, they just they just missed it. But they, I, I mean, that, that would take, that would a, that would include me paying attention to you. So that's a good point. Um, I, I felt like uh, uh, Young Bucks passed the junior torch to them last year. At Wrestle Kingdom, and um, since then they've just improved to a point where, like you said, Show's going to be a major, a major player someday. And I really do think Yo is the kind of guy that's going to take over that uh, that um, role in the of where like Ishii is right now. Yeah, they just really need to get a better finisher. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately they do. <laughs> All right, so. So um, again, Shingo and Bushi leave with the championships, and, and it was part of a part of a, a night long role for Lij. Um, so so you know we've, we've gone through and talked about it, but Shingo and, and Bushi are the junior heavyweight tag team champions. Evil and Sonata are the heavyweight tag team champions, and uh, Tetsuya Naito is the Intercontinental Champion. So you know we've, we've got that stable which is the most popular in japan who was the most most merchandise in japan now that bullet club is kind of um on the on the popularity downswing and they finally got titles to show for it so hopefully it'll be a much better year this year for lij than it was last year i think this is the first time a faction has had a clean sweep too isn't it at wrestle kingdom i'd have to go back and check but you, you definitely could be on something with that one I just, I mean, Bullet Club at, at 10 lost every match they were in. Um, at 11, Chaos, I think, came closest because Yo and Sho won at the titles and then uh, Okada won. But didn't Ishii lose? At Wrestle Kingdom 10? Or no, last, you're talking about 11. last year, right? Last year, yeah. Was what was he doing last year? Was wasn't he in like one of the? He was in the six man gauntlet match, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I'll, 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 the other th- and the other thing was that hmm. Goto won last year. Goto Goto won that hair versus hair match against Suzuki last year. Which is Suzuki didn't have any hair. He had that awful shaved haircut where he had designs in there. So. I wish he would have. I'm glad he lost that match so he'd lose. He his had hair. like he had like four pieces of hair that he lost. Yeah, because <laughs> the rest of it had already been shaved into some weird design. Right. 
Um, so let's move on to the opening match of the of the Wrestle Kingdom card. Um, Kota Ibushi defending the Never Openweight Championship against Will Ospreay. And yesterday when we not, you and I were talking about this, Jeff, I, I, I said this match was disappointing to me, and I probably used the wrong word because um, it, it was still a great match. It's just that it wasn't, to me at least, the the five-star match of the year caliber match that, that you and I and a lot of other people were banking on it. But you know what? That's okay because you also don't want to outshine the stuff coming at the top of the card. So I think this match was actually perfect for what it needed to be. It just, there was just parts in it that I thought were a bit slow to for me to give it a five-star rating. It was probably more like four and a half Garganos for me. See, I went four. Four and a, four and a quarter. Four. four and a quarter, I mean. Four and a quarter. Garganos. Yeah, I was, I was at four and a quarter too. Um, I just, the the injury at the end, at at the moment I thought was legit. Now I'm second guessing it. Um, but I got to give Abushi credit. The fact that he took that elbow to the back of the head, and if if this was a work, to lay there like he did and have uh, Osprey literally deadlift him to get him into um, Stormbreaker was impressive. Well, impressive, but also stupid. Right. I mean, I mean that first of all, that decapitation elbow he has used as a finisher before. Right. Um, he, he beat Takahashi last year at um, New Beginning in Osaka with that. So there's really no reason why the match could not have ended with that move. And if there was any danger that Ibushi really had hurt his neck in that with that move, there was really no reason for him to for him to do the Stormbreaker as well. Which so is kind of which is kind of why I feel like it's a work. Well, it says here, well, I mean, if, if all he had was a concussion, I can understand him doing that move. But, I mean, I just, I don't think it was a work at all. Yeah, I, I guess we'll find out in time. But it just, it, uh, the match tried to call back on too many things. Um, like, they had that amazing moment between Ibushi and Osprey at uh, the lead-up to Wrestle Kingdom in that, um, the road to Wrestle Kingdom in that tag match, where, you know, he did the... Um, Hurricane Rana off the top or the um, Steiner, Frankensteiner off the top. And um, Osprey landed on his feet and he did that slow look and, and the camera angle and everything. And they tried to recreate that moment and it just didn't stick. You know, and then there were a few spots where, it, to me, this was the Osprey, though, that I wanted to see against Jay Lethal and I wanted to see in the Never against uh, Go, uh, or in that match against Azuka. It just it exa- seemed like it was, it was exactly the, the Will Osprey we saw against Lethal. No, I still don't believe that because it just he was more high he he was more of a high octane guy in this match than he was in those two. And I think like I think I said it before I think it, that might have been more because of Abushi, where Abushi is a little more athletic and a little more faster paced than both Lethal and Azuka are. But this was this felt to me like more the Osprey that I want to see as a heavyweight. When you say Iska, do you mean Taichi? Was it Taichi? Yeah, it was. You're right. It's Taichi. Okay. I was trying to remember, I was trying to figure out what you were thinking about, then I had to then I kind of had to pin it down. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I thought Osprey was great in this match, but I thought he was also I thought he was also great against Lethal. So, you know, I I just I thought it was the same Osprey really. I think he's just 
he's just in, he, but he's still, I guess, in transition where he's, you know, he's trying to balance the the junior style against what he's going to have as his heavyweight style. And it, so I mean, it so, I mean, I, so I mean, I guess it, I guess it is possible he was he was better in this one than he was against Lethal. But I, but I thought the match against Lethal was was fantastic when you thought it was only I think okay. So, right. um, so I mean, but my my uh, the, my hesitation with with giving this one full stars is, is I just thought that they wrestled at a slower pace than I was expecting them to do. They had, there were some still some awesome matches, awesome spots. There were still some some fantastic moments, but I thought they were they did a little bit too much laying around at the beginning. And like I said, I think that's okay because you don't necessarily want to blow the entire crowd out in the first match of the of the show and and have everybody else on the show trying to catch up to what the opening guys did. Yeah, that's I mean that that is true, but I I wonder how much his uh, injury had to do with his matches uh previous matches compared to this. Cuz he seemed like he was a lot healthier this time. Well, but he wasn't but he wasn't injured in the in the match against Lethal or the match against Skrull. He what yeah, and his match against Skrull was amazing. His match right. against Lethal, he was injured, wasn't he? No. The match what? against Lethal was before the match against Skrull. Was it? Yeah, remember it was lethal again. It's fine. Oh yeah, it was, it was that same weekend. It was that yeah, same weekend. weekend. Yeah, because I, I remember saying that I thought maybe he was holding off for this match against Girl. I yeah. don't know it just it seemed yeah, like that, it that wasn't, was that was wasn't yeah that was one of your idiotic possibly. comments. I agree. Mm-hmm. Are you going to finish your sentence now? I don't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly wasn't that important. I guess um, not. No, this, this match itself was good. It's just like you said, we wanted to see a five star classic, and it wasn't quite there. Um, I also think another reason why this lost points for me was because it was the wrong guy winning it. I this never this never title has now changed hands on every title defense for the last year. Yeah, I felt like. I did feel like um, Ibushi should have won this in, in order to defend it against Osprey again at Madison Square Garden for Osprey to finally win the championship. I think we talked or about that on the preview show, and I, and I really think that's the way they should have gone with it. Or even pushing it off the Dominion to win it. Yeah, I, even, I or, just, or that. You know. I just I think this was I think we needed to have, and maybe we'll get that run out of Osprey now. But right now, the Never Title is kind of like the um, WWE title was in the nineties. It just doesn't mean anything because if if you haven't won it, then you're just you, you shouldn't even be wrestling because it it changes I, hands to everybody. Everyone that touches it wins it. I do like how this how this set up the possibility that we're going to get Osprey versus Saber for that championship, though. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully. Um, one spot that I really enjoyed in this match, and I don't know how you feel about it, but when when Osprey went to to hit the uh, os cutter and Ibushi caught him in mid air and turned it into the straight jacket German. But Osprey like had to look on his face, like, um, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And he kept fighting it with, but he kept trying to, to fight it. And he, and he just got overpowered by the strength of Ibushi and suplex into that move. I thought that was just, that was just great. Yeah. I like that spot too. Um, when did Osprey start calling out his os cutter? I sent it for quite a while. Has he? I guess I've never noticed that before because that's one of the big complaints we have about Jay Lethal calling out his finisher. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, there were a lot of good spots like that. The the spot with Ibushi when he was hung up in the tree of woe. Oh yeah, that was they great. Got, they got into that slap fight was really good. Um, in fact, that might have been my favorite spot of the night. And Don Callis saying, even when he's upside down, you want, don't want to trade shots with Ibushi. Right. Um, you know, yeah, that, that that and that was the part where the match really um, started entering the great terror, you know, the greatness territory. Really. Right. Yeah, before that, you're right, it was a little slower than I was hoping for. But once that happened, then they started actually hitting the moves that they needed to. And um, I, I truly hope that that concussion was a work. Um, and if, it is just, if it's more than a concussion, I'm going to be really sad. Because it, that, I, I don't, that ending spot is still kind of scary to watch. But at the same time, if it was a work, it's genius the way they pulled it off. Yeah, I I still think you're completely off base with that. Well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for his health. I'm hoping. Oh, you're hoping it's work for his health? Yeah, mainly. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, because you know, you know, it's better than than having a a broken, you know, something broken in your neck like this happened with Shibata or. Um, Hiromu or or Hanma, but I mean at, at the same time it is, um, you know it, it's still scary to get a concussion. I mean it's, it's still, you know we've seen you know what happens to NFL players when they when they get too many of them and things like that. So well, look what happened to Daniel Bryan. Yeah, exactly. Look what happened. I mean, he, to, lo- what happened to Daniel he lost Bryan. two and a half two years, years of his career. career. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, a concussion is a scary thing, especially in a in an industry where you take so many headshots. Okay, so are you a Dancing with the Stars fan? No. All right, because I, I, I happen to come across this article that it says Nikki, Nikki Bella reportedly dating her Dancing with the Stars um, partner. Okay. And so I Googled this guy, and he does not look like he's even straight, <laughs> much less he should be dating Nikki Bella. None of those guys on there are. Why do you think they know ballet? At least I don't, I don't, think, I don't think any of them are. Well, you and I talk about you and I talk about LA every single week on this show. So. Well, yeah, that's our new thing. Well, no, I'm just I'm just mean you know pro wrestling is basically, you know, a high level, high intensity physical form of ballet. So physical form of ballet. That's what I said. You do you do realize that professional wrestling is is choreographed, don't you? Yeah, I do. But you should have just seen the look on Susan's face when I said. Physical form of ballet. <laughs> <laughs> is, that not, is that not usually well, how you try to come on to her? No, that's the whole reason I said it, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my pickup line. Let's do a physical form of ballet. <laughs> oh. that's, like that, that's like that Garth Brooks song that came out last year. Come on, baby, let's lay down and dance. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. We need yeah. to listen to Garth Brooks, honey. <laughs> Did her eyes roll? Uh, yeah, and I also got flipped off. So, <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, me either. Tell, Considering tell that's the, only happened tell, ninety-five times today. Tell her the donuts were good. Donuts were good. Any response? She's still wondering if they were Jackies or not. Oh. Anyway, maybe so, maybe not. All right. So, so anyway, I mean, this 
you know, this this match had uh, potential to be the greatest opening match of any show ever, and I still think it's trailing at least three matches. So, yeah, it's trailing three matches on this card. But I mean, for opening for for a match that open a open a show. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think well, I, mean, I, I, I just thought of even a fourth off the top of my head. So once I saw the placement of it, I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to be what we wanted. Yeah, I know you're you're still um, entrenched in the whole. It should be the junior tag match opening Wrestle Kingdom thing. I think it should be, because that's that's the kind of match that, when given 18 minutes, can really be amazing. Instead, they got six minutes, while this one got 18. It just yeah. felt like the juniors got a little shortchanged. Well, and the thing is, this match had amazing spots in it. It just wasn't overall amazing. No. It wasn't. It wasn't a spot fest, basically. And no, I think to get the crowd worked up, you need that kind of spot fest. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call on that. So, do we want to talk about the pre-show match? The only real things that even matter in that is the fact that um, that mixed match team of GBH and. Um, and chaos, and then um, the coach won it. Yeah, I think they're calling them the most valuable perverts. Oh, are they? Because it was the most violent players. Are um, oh, that's what that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> most most violent perverts. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, because, because Jano and Makavi were the most violent players, and then Taguchi's added to it. So of course, you know, his obsession with asses. It's got to be perverts. And, yeah. 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 Most violent asses doesn't work. Um, no, you're not that violent. Oh, wow, that was wrong. <laughs> the only, I mean, the only other thing that came out of this was uh, Chucky kind of going off on his own again, and the elite breakup. Yeah, and With, well, and that Finley, and that David Finley got the pinfall in the first two falls. Yeah, too. That might that might signal that he's he's going to be on the rise this coming year too. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I. He did also win C Block, remember, of the of the G one climax. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. I could definitely see him, maybe not by April, but um, definitely see him challenging Tanahashi at some point. Well, he's not going to move up that high. Let's not get hysterical. I just I think that he, they seem to be grooming 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 him a lot, like they did Sonata a couple years ago. And if if Sonata ever develops the personality that we need. He could be that main event player. He's but, been doing that over the last year, though. I mean, his, his personality's gotten a lot better. He, it has. It has gotten and so a lot has, better. And so, and, so, and so have his facial expressions in the ring, too. And he did have that spot where he um, kept doing the over-the-rope dive on everybody. Yep. You know, which was a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, there was, out of that 10-minute match, that might have been the high spot. But, you know, and the the biggest thing that came out of this, though, I think, was the elite breaking up with the Takahashi page miscue at the end and Chase and Takahashi just basically saying, fuck you guys. Yeah. And then they came out in their tag match wearing Bullet Club shirts, the old school Bullet Club shirts again. And uh, we're talking about how, you know, they're in uh, what, what was the statement he made? Let me read it real quick. Yeah, that that was actually pretty weird. That how that, how that you know kind of went down because Paige tried to tried that big boot and Chase 
and Chase got hit in the face, and then Takahashi's getting all in Paige's face about that. It was just crazy. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it fit. It just seemed like it was a rushed way to get them to break up, so they lose all their all their ties to ties to. Uh, you know, but it was he came out. They came out wearing Bullet Club gear, and then she started talking about how to get Heyman Page. This is my friend now to Takahashi. And then they came out later, and... Uh, oh, yeah, that was great. What are you doing out here, Chase? Oh, I'm here to just support my friends. You don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> and Callis and Kelly said at exactly the same time. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, Owens, Owens made a uh, crack about um, making business decisions instead of YouTube videos later on in the show. Oh, did he? So maybe them as a heel... Uh, kind of resets both those guys. It does, but it also doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense because if you remember back when when um, the OGs turned on the rest of Bullet Club, Owens and Takahashi were trying to were trying to talk to them, and they just attacked Owens and Takahashi too. Exactly. So it, I'll have to wait and see how they figure this storyline out. Maybe they're hoping that we have short memories, but yeah. Maybe, or maybe, or maybe Dwight's been talking about talking to them behind the scenes. Who knows? Possibly. Remember, he has been orchestrating this since January of last year. Yeah, and this and this this was a fun match. I did, but I but like you, I kind of missed the rumble too. I really did. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I saw this match. Maybe well, maybe they'll have the they'll bring the rumble in for uh, Dominion this year or something. Hopefully. Because I like the Jobber Boy Royal Rumble. So we've got about three minutes left. I just and I just want to also mention, you know, that they did announce before the show started that next year's Wrestle Kingdom is going to be a two-day affair. Why? Why not? Well, are they? Did aren't they already with New Year's Dash being the next day? Well, yeah, but you you know how like you know I you and I have talked before how WrestleMania should have two different shows, you know, one, you should have a split card so they can get everybody on and, and have actual, you know, solid, good matches. They don't they don't have to, to cram people into matches. Now, next, next year, they can do that with um, Wrestle Kingdom. They get, it's going to be two shows in Tokyo Dome on the 4th and the 5th next year. Hmm. That's basically what they do now, though. It, it's just they don't have, New Year's Dash isn't considered Wrestle Kingdom, I guess. Well, right, and they usually has just they, they mostly have just like eight man type tags and stuff like that on there. So, um, yeah, which is what they did have. So, yeah, yeah. so we, we can talk more about that, I, I guess, though on on Monday. So, um, we'll, so again, guys, we'll be back with you on Monday, uh, regular time, six thirty Eastern, seven thirty. I'm sorry, seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central. And on Tuesday, it'll be um, One Nation Radio and Global Impact the Revolution or excuse me, the global revolution. Wednesday, Sam will be here talking about how sports entertainment is dead. On Thursday, I'm sure Imp will be talking about Wrestle Kingdom on his show as well. On Friday, the right side of the pond. And then um, we'll be back. We'll be back with you that following Monday talking about the two pay-per-views that weekend. So, Thanks very much, and thanks very much for listening. Sorry about the problems earlier, but we're we're happy to have you guys aboard, and we hope that you guys enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom as much as we did. Um, until next time, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time, 
and long days, pleasant nights. See you later. <laughs>